Yeah, because things are advancing everywhere in chess, in poker, everywhere. You know, the games, uh, sciences are advancing. So you have to, yeah, to, to be ready to accept new things. And sometimes they advance in such manner that certain even, you know, areas are abandoned almost. Okay, you just have to admit it's it's not right. Yeah, I mean, you were, you were believing for all your career or 10 years into something which is probably not fully correct. But that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, it's, you already scored your points, your victories with, with that belief. So it's fine. Yeah. Hi, and welcome. It's Runchex, and you're listening to my podcast where I explore the topics around what it takes to become a great poker player with various interesting people from in and around poker industry. Today, my guest is Vladimir Kramnik, world chess champion and one of the most respected players in the game. We cover so many topics, the rise of the chess engines and how they are transforming the game. We talk about Google's AI project AlphaZero, which is a leap forward that came as a surprise to many and is changing the way we see the game and approach studies. And of course, we talk about Vladimir's journey in chess, his famous match against Garry Kasparov, the way Vladimir approaches preparation, how he handles the pressure, his approach to learning, and there's so much more. Some of the advice that Vladimir shares is invaluable and applies to chess, to poker, and life in general. So I hope you will enjoy this conversation. So Vladimir, uh, thank you for, for coming on. and It's such a pleasure. My pleasure, yeah. Thank you for inviting so, me. Well... I'm I'm so looking forward to this conversation because there are so many aspects to talk about. One aspect is the AI, which I'm sure we're going to spend a lot of time talking about. The other aspect is competition, because of course you were multiple years uh, the world chess champion and you competed on the highest level for so many years. And there's so much to it. So these two aspects, I think. For, for my audience, for the poker players, are, are going to be really fascinating. And they come together as well, because at some point, AI uh, came in to preparation in chess. We're experiencing the same uh, phenomenon now in, in poker. It's changing the game. And so your experiences in this regard are going to be very interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was actually I started I started uh, playing chess before computer era at all. Yeah, so I mean, I, I've seen it during my career. I've seen first uh, chess programs which were very weak, and everybody was laughing at them. Then, then they were already at the grandmaster level. Then I played actually two uh, big matches against the best uh, computer program. Uh, at that time in 2002-2006 and then at the end of the day then it became already uh, unfightable for any human player and then there is this new AlphaZero AI uh, program which is a new step I mean very different concept so yes I've, I've seen it so I've started actually uh, even I think my first top tournament I was already in top 10 I I think I played without a computer. It was 1993, so I didn't have a computer yet. So I had to adapt to all those changes. Uh, so I have something to tell. Yeah, how was it mm -hmm. going? Let's actually start with that then, because adaptation. I think there's two aspects here. One is the aspect of actual preparation and how 
technically it changes the way you prepare for for the matches the way you prepare for the tournaments so that changed but the other thing is just the human factor you know because we are always resistant to change so when something new comes into the preparation I, i'm sure a lot of people were not very happy about it true of course of course i mean especially the old older ones but at some point when you are a professional or top level professional you understand that you just cannot give this handicap to other players you understand that this becomes um uh, inevitable you know part of the preparation and you have to do it so uh, uh younger you are usually easier is to adapt but uh, still you have to do it even i know a few chess players who really uh were not happy at all that computers or computer uh, programs uh, entered our world of chess uh, but uh, they still are using them you know all the time because what what can you do um yeah, for me it was uh, actually, you know, there was a period, as I said already, when there were no computers at all. Then there was a period when the computers were used only as a database storage, I would say, yeah, just uh, collecting games and so on. Then then the first attempts of, uh, I mean, chess engines, of course, the first attempts were, were made in the mid of 80s, yeah, but they were really weak, I mean, really, like, amateur level then they got to maybe master level but still for a top level preparation they were quite useless i think sometime in the middle of the 90s uh, okay it started to be uh, not really a serious parent partner but it's already was becoming useful i would say it started maybe sometime i remember i was uh, uh, helping the trainer to uh, you know you know, uh, second, as we say, yeah, of, of Gary Kasparov during his world championship match in 1995, he invited me. And uh, yeah, he was already starting to use these chess engines. They were not actually, they were quite misleading often, but still it, he started already using it, yeah. I mean, it was the first maybe time when on the very top level, uh, chess players started to uh, to f- uh, find it uh, useful and profitable, and then of course it started to uh, things were going very fast. So I mean, by I would say by the beginning of the of our century, uh, it became a totally you know common thing that everybody is is using it heavily, and now it's even more different. Now basically the full. Uh, you are more nowadays uh, uh, an operator on the, of the machine than than really. I mean, your preparation consists of ninety five percent of of computer working, and you are just trying to to lead from time to time to lead him a little bit. Yeah, to but uh, or, or even more to try. Okay, I got this idea. He doesn't show it as a good idea, but it looks interesting. So. Uh, think about it. You tell, and he tells you why you are wrong. And uh, most of the time, yeah, <laughs> very occasionally, very rarely, uh, it happens that it's really interesting idea. Otherwise, he just shows you. But basically, now you are in the preparation. Yes, your your main task is to still to have your own view on the on the game of chess. Because after all, at the end of the day, it's you who has to play over the board. Yeah, mm-hmm. and even if computer likes the position, and you don't really get the general sense of it yeah it doesn't it's not so helpful yeah uh, so 
you need to, to be involved, you need to try to understand in a human way what is it all about, this particular opening variation on a position or a position. And, uh, but uh, uh, most of the work is done by, I mean, vast majority of the work is done by, by machine nowadays. And there is a lot of there are a lot of competitions. I mean, everybody is trying to get the best possible machines. Top players nowadays usually they have, let's say, they are making uh, machines. Uh, how do they call it? Haute couture. Yeah? So I mean, they having specialists who are uh, making specially for them uh, the computers. You know, with especially certain programs, they try to adjust certain existing chess programs to this particular machine so it becomes uh, yeah it becomes uh, like uh, you know this nuclear race yeah and <laughs> everybody's trying to to get uh, as many weapons as possible uh, because uh, on the very very top level it can prove to be decisive especially in world championship match i mean who is having a better computer yeah mm-hmm. a better program that's why also there is a there is a certain competition of programs and uh, yeah, if if somebody starts to uh, to get an uh, interesting program, I mean, I can see that first thing what these people do usually is trying to uh, contact top players and trying to tell that, you know, okay, it seems that I have something for you, maybe for you, you know, I mean, because I have some interesting new approaches but the only thing that alpha zero they are not they are not doing it i mean this project is they don't share with everyone i mean it's not a public program and uh, uh, so they do it more uh, for the scientific purposes and uh, i don't think anyone has approached to to alpha zero i do from time to time because i'm working with them but uh, i don't need it anyway anymore i'm not playing professional chess at least now but uh, yes, I, I can work a bit sometimes uh, with uh, with this program, which is clearly the best now in the world. Um, but yes, so uh, other I mean, uh, this program is nobody has a, nobody has approach to to it, and uh, uh, that's that is probably right. Yeah, it's probably right because uh, yeah, I mean you cannot. You cannot let everyone work on the work with this program, probably. Yeah, and uh, if you give to someone and don't give to others, it will probably be quite a serious advantage. So, in a way, it's not fair if you are not a, a chess chess uh, company. Yeah, because of course, DeepMind is chess is just a small part of what they do. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is so interesting because there are so many parallels with Poker World, and I see that we are in some ways, a few steps behind the chess world in terms of uh, the importance of AI, but we're catching up really, really quickly. And the things that you've mentioned about how you use chess engines in the preparation, I want to dig deeper into it. And the, the real parallel that I see is that as a chess player, you see the engine move. Your task is still to understand why. Is it a good move? What is going yes. on? What is the concept so that in-game you can actually execute it? And it's exactly the same idea in poker because you can see the solution, um, but memorization in a complex enough poker game is not possible. There are just way too many things to remember. Yeah. So the only real solution for a human player who's, who's studying 
with the help of poker solvers is to try to understand the reasons behind and try to, like you said, ask the question, why am I wrong? Why is this play that I would like to do? Why is it wrong? Um, so the parallels of how, how we use the machine uh, in, in the studies are, are really, really similar. And mm-hmm. in many ways, I think we are, like I said, a few steps behind. So it was interesting to me that you mentioned that in the beginning, the chess engine was more uh, as a database. Then it evolved into slightly helpful in some specific aspects. So maybe can you talk me through in a bit more detail about how this evolution of the chess engine and integration of chess engine in, in the studies, how, how, how did that look? Well, you see, first, uh, uh, actually, the first chess program uh, uh, was written by, uh, by the way, it's a historical fact, by, uh, you know, the Enigma guy. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, you know, by the way, that uh, one of the major uh, major person in, in Enigma uh, group was uh, Grandmaster uh, Alexander. Alexander, he was actually a very strong chess Grandmaster, British champion. Then he stopped playing chess at some point. He started, I mean, he was involved in this Enigma. So there was some... Uh, uh, there were some uh, connections between chess and, but of course that program was very basic. I mean, just, uh, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, well, you see, of course, uh, since chess has a long history, you know, and somehow it's pretty much connected with science, with mathematics. So of course, quite many people who who are great in this area in computing, mathematics, they they also like chess. That's by the way uh, a case also with the boss of DeepMind. Yeah. Demis Hasabis, he, uh, that's maybe why, actually, one of the main reasons why we finally had this uh, AlphaGo and AlphaZero, yeah, especially AlphaZero, because he, he used to be a professional chess player. I mean, by before the age of 15, he was, he was the best British player, and he even played in Junior World Championship uh, as a uh, British player. He's like international master, then uh, actually he even told me that we've played at one junior tournament, uh, international junior tournament together. I mean, we haven't played a game with each other. It was an open tournament, but we played at the same tournament somewhere in England in 1992. And then uh, in comparison with me, he was uh, uh, clever enough to stop chess and to, to move to uh, mathematics and so on. And uh, now, okay, you can... You know, he's a very bright person. I mean, he's one of the best in, in games in general in the world. And, uh, well, uh, founder and the CEO of a very successful company. So he, he likes chess. And actually, I think that's why, um, let's say, this chess programming chess programming uh, started so early. Yeah, because it was an attempt. And also, I guess it's a good model. Yeah, it's a good mathematical model for mathematician to try, you know, with very clear rules, but uh, complicated enough for a, for a machine that it uh, that it's not easy at all to to deliver a good um, program. So it started in the 80s, but uh, there was so weak, there was no point even to. I remember I played a couple of times in simultaneous exhibition with one chess engine, you know. I mean, you know, there was this chess uh, sets with uh, where you could, it was showing you which move he wants to make. I don't know if you've 
uh, seen it in the end of 80s, beginning of 90s. And then he was showing you with a lamp that he wants to play, let's say, E7, E6. So you play this move. But okay, they were really, I mean, from amateur level, it was good. They were, I mean, a good enough uh, opponent, but uh, not for the top level. And uh, yeah, so then, then there was this chess-based company, which is the major, I mean, the first basically serious purely chess uh, technological company, which which started to make to produce uh, databases. So they collected somehow all games which they could collect, starting from the I, I think 15th century games. Uh, I mean, all what they could find, yeah. And uh, they started to produce databases, so which was a very big improvement. I mean, at that time it was uh, uh, incredible comfort because we had to always to to. I remember before going to tournaments, I had to take with me like I don't know tons of papers just to uh, of notes of different games that I can prepare for my opponent. So then it's just one computer and all the all the games, and then then there was certain. Uh, companies which were delivering the games, finding them all over, played all over the world over, over a serious level, and so on and so on. So basically, it was mainly used uh, like that. And then, uh, well, the, the, you see uh, how how it works in chess programming. I mean, at least before Alpha Zero, how it was working always, yeah, is that uh, okay, you put into the machine basically uh, everything you you know about chess, everything you think which is useful for it. So, of course, the rules of the game, all possible games played, and then the settings. Yeah? So, you they were trying to explain uh, which piece, of course, obviously, queen is stronger than a pawn, and so on and so on. But then, then you know, so it's a very slow development, because you then somehow you, you say that, for example, your king's safety is very important, Yeah, obviously, otherwise you get mated. Uh, but then you see the program starts to play and it's paying too much attention on king safety. It's losing all the material on the other flank, but his king is safe. Yeah? And so on and so on. There are so many elements in chess that it took a very long time before, you know, they were adjusting and adjusting and adjusting. And okay, then adjusting something, then the other thing starts, starts to be weaker. And it's a very long work. Yeah, but slowly, slowly there were also, uh, of course, uh, by no means, uh, uh, the last is uh, was that uh, you know was very important. That of course, the hardware was 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 grow was getting better and better, which is you know uh, so the calculation power also. But the main problem was actually, of course, in a- any way, it was calculating far more and better than any human player, even in the beginning of 90s still. But the main problem was to assess right the position. And the assessment is a very complicated element. Let's say, of course, if you calculate and you see that you win a piece without any real damage for your position, okay, everybody can assess, including computers, that it's good for you. But most of the time, the situations are not so obvious. Yeah, And it was, I mean, to get the assessment to a top level, really took a lot of time because basically it was calculating far but assessing in our own way and a human player a top level player he was not calculating that far but he felt he knew it's going to be favorable for him yeah so in a way he was out calculating my uh, computer yeah so computer was entering this line and then some let's say it was calculating i don't know in the 90s maybe like 12 moves ahead and then you know some around somewhere around move six of this variation, 
it starts to understand that it's uh, it was uh, missing some important uh, uh, aspect of the position, but it's too late because and and the human player would just feel it, see it, yeah, coming. I mean, intuitively, I would say. But then, of course, when the calculation, I mean, first of all, they were improving the parameters. It's uh, settings, you know, always getting a bit better positionally. But mainly, of course, it was about the length of calculation. So I would tell you that uh, uh, how before this AI, uh, I mean, all other engines were always working, is they were calculating all possible variations which can happen. And I can tell you in chess, first of all, just as an uh, example, the amount amount of all possible games or moves yeah, in chess, let's say completely, yeah, uh, totally, yeah, is, uh, uh, I think it's, something, it's 10 in uh, 48, I think, or something. Uh, so which is more than atoms in universe, not only in our planet, in universe. So, I mean, it is absolutely abstract number, yeah? So you cannot calculate it completely, yeah? Just cannot. <clears throat> but um, anyway, further you go, of course, then you cover in a way, you know, it's uh, it's still positionally not extremely strong. Positionally, I would say still maybe uh, top chess player is better, but it just covers uh, uh, all these positional aspects with stack. If I see that, for example, weakening the square it shouldn't be good, you know, I wouldn't do it. So the computer, it just calculates it out to, to, to a certain move, let's say move 40, when it's really becoming damageable. And he just understands by calculation that he shouldn't do it, you know. I mean, sometimes for, for a top player, you don't need to calculate, you just know it's, it's not right. But so uh, further you calculate and, and calculate the whole field, yeah? Let's say nowadays Stockfish or these kind of programs uh, on the most powerful machines, they can calculate 50 moves ahead. I mean, completely all possible variations, yeah, which is a lot. It's uh, almost a full game. I mean, you know, half of the game at least. So it's becoming very difficult to fight with it. So I wouldn't say that it's uh, you know, that it's kind of understanding chess so much, but it just calculates so so much now with the power of of nowadays machines that uh, uh, slowly, slowly it started to be. Uh, to be, of course, uh, unbeatable. I, I myself played two matches, actually. You know, there was a match, Kasparov with the Blue, very famous match, yeah, in 1998, I think, was it? Uh, but at that time, Kasparov was, of course, stronger than the Blue. I mean, there was no doubt about it, any professional, because, of course, after that, there was a lot of PR, a lot of, you know, PR uh, uh, activities, and uh, somehow it was like presented as a, okay, now the computers are stronger than, than best human players, uh, which was not the case. I mean, it was a, quite accidental. I mean, okay, Gary, it was six games match, you know, I mean, something went a bit wrong. Computer made a very serious improvement because he played the match with the same program uh, one year b before that, and he won quite convincingly for two without too much problems, you know. I think he didn't expect, he didn't prepare so seriously for the match. That's my version. He didn't expect it would make such a serious um, uh, improvement in the in this one year. And uh, somehow when he started to play, he felt that it became already a very serious competitive opponent. 
I would say. I mean, clearly, I mean, no doubt, every top player can tell you that he was better at that time. I mean, there was no doubt. As a chess player, simply stronger. But, uh, but okay, it became, it already was an opponent whom you have to consider, at least, yeah? I would say maybe, maybe uh, Deep, uh, deep uh, Blue was playing on the level of, I would say, number 30 in the world, or 20 maybe even, which is a serious force. I mean, it's already not, not an easy walk, yeah? And somehow, very short match, started, things started to get wrong. Gary is emotional. He started to lose his balance, psychological balance. And somehow he lost. He made quite a stupid um, mistake in the last game, yeah, when the score was equal. And, uh, okay, he lost, he lost the match. And then somehow in the mediatic field, it was presented as if it's the it's end of the human race, you know. Um, but, uh, no, it was not true. I mean, uh, uh, there was some matches. after I've played two matches. Uh, one in 2002 with a clearly much stronger program than there was a quite serious improvement, of course, uh, in four years done. So, and it finished for four. It was about, uh, yeah, it was a pity. I was leading 3 1 at the end of the match, lost two games, and finally it ended for four the match. Mm, was a pity because I should have probably won. I was, I felt I was a bit stronger. I was already world champion at the time. I felt I felt I could I could like 55-45 in my favor. Unfortunately, couldn't realize it, uh, but still I was pressing. I would say, yeah. And then the next match, 2006, that was really probably the the last moment because another four years, another. Uh, I would say that uh, just as an example, I will give you that uh, in 2002, the machine I've played was calculating. I think like 20 moves ahead completely. In already 2006, it was maybe 25, 26 moves ahead. It's a very serious difference, yeah. And uh, um, like again, uh, I think 2002, it was well. I don't remember the exact number, but more or less, it was calculating like three million moves per second. In 2006, it was already like 10 million moves per second. Nowadays, like Stockfish, it calculates 80. 88 or something or 90 million moves per second. Yeah, of course. So you see the, the differences and it sinks for five minutes per move. So it calculates quite some, you know, quite some variations. But uh, 2006, I played the match, six games match. And that was the last, actually, the last official big match, man against machine. I still almost managed to make a draw. I mean, I, I, but I felt it was already almost impossible. I mean, Somehow I felt like 3-3 three, three would be a maximum you can achieve, you know, uh, any player. And I was quite happy that I was close to achieve it. Actually made a terrible blunder in one of the games and uh, lost drawish position just by total blunder. I mean, not, not because of the logic of the game. But in any case, I felt I was really uh, at my top. You know, I cannot play better than what I did. And I felt that machines, it's just a matter of one, two years when they will be stronger. So, and then there were new, new, new programs. So by 2010, the chapter was closed already. Uh, but uh, now, then, and I think when it was in 2017 or something, then the DeepMind came with a totally new concept uh, of chess engine, which is based on... Uh, yeah, deep learning. I mean, uh, so it's uh, it's a completely different concept and uh, extremely interesting. I think, in a way, it was in a way it was one of the maybe first 
so to say, proof of a concept, yeah, of a concept of artificial intelligence, yeah, of deep learning. I mean, a, a very clear proof, because of course the concept was developed 50 years ago already, but the, there was no there was no possibilities to actually make it work, and. Uh, then it started again to re- re- dis- it was rediscovered some sometime around 2010 and a lot of programmers and mathematicians started to go into it they started to have certain first interesting results and i think that was maybe the first uh, very clear result because chess is clear yeah i mean uh, somewhere you can say in some other areas maybe computer is wrong or right you know it's you can discuss here it just beats everyone okay nothing to discuss it's just the best player in the world yeah so it works yeah the concept and the concept is why it's called alpha zero because uh, zero means zero knowledge so the idea I, I, they even show me at the office when i was in london they even show me the whole process of course it took a very long time for actually very talented programmers you know to to create uh, a certain you know, uh, the first entrance, you know, layers, how it should work, how the information between the neurons should be transmitted and what are the weights. But uh, at the end of the day, it learns itself. I mean, uh, so it was a very interesting experiment. Uh, they they just uh, show me it because it takes doesn't take a very long time. So how it works? Finally, the only thing this program knows about chess is the rules of chess i mean the mathematical rules of chess that you have to mate mate is a win i mean stalemate is a draw i don't know that pawns are move, move, moving like this that's all only the rules so it doesn't even know that queen is stronger than a pawn nothing zero so zero means zero knowledge yeah so that's why alpha zero and uh, then it starts to play games Using these uh, layers, this uh, neural network, it starts to play games and uh, a lot of games, you know, like very quickly. And it starts to learn. It just starts to learn. And they showed me the process. I remember it was a daytime. So they say, okay, we, we moved out everything. We just put, I mean, now it starts, it starts learning again. Uh, and uh, I remember, okay, it started, you know, there is a big monitor. Many, many games are played very quickly, but I can follow more or less yeah, what's going on. And the first games are really like like a child who just learned the rules of chess. I mean, no understanding, I mean, doesn't understand what is it all about. He's blundering mate in one, he's giving away queen and all his pieces because he doesn't know anything about the game. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he just sees it, okay, the first games, it's really fun, just like absolutely, you know, no intellect, nothing. And then we went for a coffee. In one hour, you come, I start to see the game. Okay, it's already a decent amateur level. It doesn't anymore give away pieces. I mean, it still makes a lot of positional mistakes and so on, miscalculations, but it's already getting... getting. Then, by the evening, it was a really very strong grandmaster level already. And finally, next morning, I came. And next morning it was a space already. I mean, you just cannot fight. It was what it what it is now, which is the level uh, chess rating. It's I think three thousand four hundred or something, which is I mean, uh, no, I mean uh, yeah, so something to- totally unthinkable. I mean, uh, and and actually, especially the game, the style it plays. I mean, you see that it's 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 got you know, it's <laughs> just you cannot. I mean, it's much superior to any other program. Uh, not on, not even considering chess players, but and so the whole process actually takes about I don't know twelve twenty hours maximum. So from zero to 
to a cosmic level which we never had yet yeah so it's a, and it learned fully by itself so it's a totally new concept which of course this company because it's one of the leading ai companies in the world it's uh, belongs to google uh, and uh, uh, so for of course for them it's also a way it's a very useful to to use this concept those pro- programs you know those uh, in many other areas where they work in medicine and game series and so on but now nowadays so this is a develop this is a development and uh, actually they didn't stop yet the fully the 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 uh, project because now what they're interested in can they improve a little and we worked a bit about uh, on it with them is to try to see if they can improve a little the process. so in a way now the idea is to see where is the ceiling yeah i mean where where is the moment where you just cannot improve it anymore because it's almost perfect already i mean basically it practically doesn't lose games at all I mean, I don't, maybe not, I mean, maybe to Stockfish sometimes he lost out of, then they, yeah, they played the match, actually the first, what they did in 2017, there was a chess match of 100 games uh, against uh, this new uh, program and uh, Stockfish, the best, uh, the best at that moment, Stockfish. Uh, And uh, I think it was 100 games match and it won, I don't remember the exact score, but Something like sixty-five, thirty-five, which is a yeah. Total. I think it was twenty-eight, twenty-eight, uh, seventy-two, but something like that. Even yeah. more, yeah, yeah. No, it was a complete, complete. Uh, I mean, uh, just demolition. I mean, because simply, I mean, before that, we thought that stockfish is 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 almost unbeatable, and then we saw somebody coming and just crushing, you know, this this guy who was supposed to be genius, you know, just crushing him. Uh, and of course, now they're developing some, they're trying to improve and already the existing program now, which is not public, which is, uh, I mean, it's already better than the, than that one and so on and so on. Mm-hmm. So that is in, in long, sorry, not in short, but in long, that is the whole story of the last, I would say, how many, I don't know, 30 years in, mm-hmm. in, in uh, chess and chess engines and AI. And my perception is, and correct me if I'm wrong, but when I'm looking at the games that Alpha Zero plays, they mm-hmm. seem to be much more understandable for a human player because there's some sort of aesthetic logic in there. It it, it is more, you know, visual, positional, something that you could understand. Whereas Stockfish is a brute calculation, like you said, it it sees things 30 moves, 40, 50 moves ahead, which is not comprehensible for a human player. Um, is that yes, true for yes. all? Yeah, that is true. I mean, that is actually something which is, I can tell you, as a, as a top chess player, it, it was, I, I always had this feeling, even with this uh, uh, Stockfish and other Ripka, there were many other programs which were already better than humans, but somehow, I mean, it was assessing, it was very materialistic in a way. Yeah, I mean, likes to take material, was defending extremely well, and uh, very often in analysis, not necessarily playing, um, against them but you always had a feeling that okay it's very interesting sacrifice for long-term initiative but i just cannot prove it it just tells me it doesn't work let's mm-hmm. say he's better and i cannot prove it but I, I feel i would still do it i like it i mean yeah and uh and then somehow uh yeah somehow you there was a feeling at some point that probably all our way of seeing chess is, is wrong yeah i mean many things were not uh, assessing in the right way 
And then when Alpha Zero came, I mean, that was a big, big, very pleasant actually for us. I mean, somehow it, because it plays in a very human way, it sacrifices material very easily. I mean, it for some, for certain initiative, I mean, that is a major difference compared to, uh, compared to the other uh, very strong engines, I mean, uh, uh, which were programmed in a normal way. And, uh, and somehow it assesses the position much closer to, to a human assessment. But now it's like our, you know, like we, we are fighting with somebody. I mean, we, we feel that we are, you know, we are right, but we cannot prove it. And then we, we get a guy who, is, <laughs> who can prove it finally. And actually that is quite nice, which gave me a feeling that finally our human brain, our human, okay, we are de- developing chess for centuries, you know, at least last uh, one century. You know, a lot of great players who are developing concepts understanding of chess and that it's in fact they were probably right i mean uh, unless there will be a new program which will be very materialistic and two times stronger than alpha zero i don't know <laughs> if it ever will happen hard to imagine but but now we see that actually we are conceptually many things he's reassessing now again into the basically favor so to say of uh, uh, great chess players of past who who were actually it says again no, they were right. Actually, they were right to do it. I mean, it ju- and then it shows how we can. We just couldn't show with our limited brains and calculation abilities. But but this uh, uh, silicon friend uh, Alpha Zero is uh, yeah, it's so strong and it plays. Yeah, it gives material. It's, it attacks very violently sometimes. Very risky, even by by uh, human standards. But it works. I mean, because it just it feels. And the main the main point that it actually it has some kind of intuition, which is intuition in our understanding. I mean of this word, yeah. And uh, because it plays, I mean, you know, we made uh, one experiment. I can tell you, for example, this. I don't think uh, I have to hide. It's uh, something uh, quite uh, not a big secret. At some point, we made an experiment with with Alpha Zero. So we uh, we switched off. Which we switched off the uh, the calculation uh, ability of of the program. So I mean, he couldn't calculate variations, and we wanted to see how is he going to play. I can assure you that most of programs would be just terrible, you know, without calculation, would just make nonsense. But then the amazing thing that okay, the funny thing that it was sometimes just blundering into moves because it doesn't calculate. Yeah, but the moves he was offering were, I mean, actually the moves I would consider myself. I mean, so it was playing very logical chess, very logical. I mean, with a certain concept, with a certain, uh, it was putting pieces in the right way. It was making some very right, very correct plans. So it means it caught something about chess. It's not only about calculation. It caught certain concept of chess. So it's extremely interesting thing to understand what did it understand. But uh, that is uh, in AI now, that is one of the major problems, which is very difficult to, uh, it doesn't, you know, the thing is that uh, all conclusions, uh, which are sometimes extremely good and precise, but uh, artificial intelligence doesn't uh, explain why. And that is the next step if it ever happens in the near future. Of course, if, if people could understand why, what is the way for computer? What did he understand? Why did he play this move? He doesn't explain it. And uh, 
uh, actually, if we manage one day to understand it, I mean, that, that would be a big, big step forward, not only in chess, but basically in general. So it would maybe show us how we learn, because since it's a neural network, it also learns. So there is a certain clear parallel with human brains, with, with, our, with us humans. So we learn something. We also don't know how we learn, yeah? I mean, we. How can you explain me? Uh, I mean, exactly step by step. How did you learn poker or something? I mean, how did you become so good at poker? Yeah, you cannot really explain. You just were learning, learning, and then somehow, you know, it was happening. Yeah. Uh, so in a way, the process I think is very similar. Strangely enough, and if we would manage to understand how exactly it came to such a powerful level. That would be a big step forward, but it's clear that it's it's much more human way of playing. And even uh, aesthetically, when you look at the games of Alpha Zero, well, this is uh, aesthetically very pleasant. I mean, other programs, okay, they are strong, but rarely aesthetically beautiful, whatever it means. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, in, with Alpha Zero, sometimes it's wow. You know, it's just you you just enjoy it because this is really fantastic. I mean, this is fantastic not only by strength but also by you know, uh, by aesthetics or our human understanding. So in a way, it's much easier for, for, for us to understand how he plays your right than, than the previous uh, engines, mm-hmm. which is very interesting. I mean, it's extremely interesting field to, to try to, to understand uh, what is it all about, how does it get to there, but, but not easy at all. Mm-hmm. And I would assume that a program like Alpha Zero allows us to change the way we as humans approach the studies of chess. Because it can, well, because first of all, when you were describing, let's say, a preparation for a tournament, you would uh, give a move for Stockfish to either validate or disprove and then try to understand why is he disproving the, the move. Whereas with Alpha Zero, if we apply the same process, it's much easier for you to understand because you see this sort of pattern because the alpha zero kind of thinks the same way that a human would do. Mm -hmm. So it's much easier for you to get to understanding why. So let's say if we imagine a beginner or an amateur player who wants to improve quickly, stockfish can only get you so far because it's way too complex for them to comprehend uh, what's going on. Whereas with the help of a program like Alpha Zero, they would be progressing at a much quicker pace because they can visually understand the moves and the concepts behind it much, much easier. Well, you are right. Well, you see that uh, at least it plays somehow like a human, I mean, conceptually, yeah? Uh, it, Sorry, yes. I mean, mm-hmm. as uh, conceptually, it plays much more like a human. So it's easier, yes, because uh, you you can try to learn from other engines like Ripka or whatever, but you cannot play like this anyway because it's very calculative. Uh, it's, very, it's very much based on calculation. So, I mean, with, uh, with Ripka, with uh, Alpha Zero, it's something you, you would maybe play the same moves, I mean, quite sometimes. I mean, you have the same thinking pattern it's just that it's much stronger and it shows you so of course in educational sense it is yeah it uh, would theoretically be much more profitable for all even top chess players and uh, 
uh, of a lower level to to learn with it. But again, this program is not commercial. It's nobody has access to this program, uh, at least for now. But it's true that uh, yeah, somehow I tend to agree with with this program uh, much more often. I mean, uh, with his assessment and moves, it's just that I cannot perform them. I mean, I cannot calculate it so well. So when it gets to precision, I cannot be so precise. But as a concept, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I play more or less, uh, yeah, in the same fashion. Any any uh, strong uh, player, yes, yeah, this, he sees chess quite similarly to 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 this side for zero. But frankly, how did it happen? You know, the funniest thing is that even the programmers who made it, they don't know, they simply don't know what is the concept. I mean, how did it get there? What is Alpha Zero thinking process? How does it get to the moves he gets to? Yeah, that's actually an, an amazing, an amazing uh, uh, thing that, uh, yes, they would, they would be, they would give a lot to, to know themselves, but they, they don't know. I mean, the, the, mm -hmm. it's a kind of secret, yeah, for for everyone, including the guys who actually made it, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's very interesting time. I think it's uh, another frontier for chess, uh, and especially education in, in chess. It's going to be very interesting. Well, the only thing that I guess similar to poker, of course, it it lead, it has certain drawbacks when the engines are becoming so strong. Uh, of course, it also you know uh, this creative moment of, of of a game of chess. We are talking on, about the top level because chess mm -hmm. is too complicated anyway. Uh, you know, for amateurs, they will have maybe still centuries, you know, to play uh, and uh, still to to learn lots of things. But for top level, uh, yeah, it's become the pure opening knowledge because the engines are so strong that very often many different variations in chess theory which were supposed to be extremely complicated and even let's say 10 years before even the engines were not were not actually given the correct answer they were not sure about it now when the engines went they are kind of sterilized to a certain result and then the very top level professionals they also not only they play better they also know a lot they, they work on chess a lot so they just learn it by heart and uh, that's why certain opening variations which were very rich and full of ideas are almost unplayable on the top level anymore because it's whether a bad position you, you will not and everybody knows how mm -hmm. whether it's a fourth draw by some sometimes miraculous moves which you would never be able to find over the board so you could have played it for years but now it's already known that it's a draw so there is no point to to go there so there is mm -hmm. there are drawbacks as well yeah mm -hmm. Yeah, well, there are definitely drawbacks in terms of what it does to the game. And you, you've mentioned earlier to me, I think before we started recording, that you know nowadays more and more games at the highest level are just uh, draws all around. Let's say for the what for the World Championship, uh, the last year, if I remember correctly, it was actually all draws in the classical chess. Yes, and then it twelve had to draws. To, yeah, yeah. Finally, tiebreak. Yeah. No, I mean, that is a little bit of a problem. That's why also we had a certain project which we finished already just before this pandemic started and uh, we prepared already the material and it's a big article in a scientific magazine, not only scientific magazine. 
uh, we got this idea also to, together with Demis because he likes chess still and he gave uh, his approval to try it and uh, we had the idea of trying a little bit different variations of chess with a very very small adjustments you know of rules first of all to see are they going to be still entertaining what is going to change in the game is it uh, entertaining and another idea is to the main idea is to get rid of all this huge theoretical knowledge of the exact this exact uh, uh, version of chess as we know it uh, and to see maybe even it can be even better chess you know i mean maybe it can be even more interesting than a normal chess but but the changes are very minor most of them some are in some variations are quite serious but and some variations are quite minor and we i think we found nine different variations uh we had a certain idea and then uh with the help of alpha zero uh, we were trying to check them out alpha zero played a lot of games we were analyzing trying to understand how what are the patterns and uh, yes it took some time i've been several times in london at the office for a few days and uh, finally we made it ready and okay now just because of the pandemic situation uh, i mean the all the report so to say is already done but we are waiting uh when it will be published probably at the end of the pandemic if it will ever end <laughs> but uh actually it's already it's a very interesting material i enjoyed it a lot and also the guys who are uh, the main uh developers of alpha zero they're also big chess fans as well i mean they're decent level like 2200 something like this uh but uh, the pictures and we had a lot of fun a lot of interesting ideas how it can be done i mean what are the small changes of rules can 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 be and uh, where it leads and I, I i was quite uh yeah i'm quite happy with the result i think there are many different variations of chess which are basically not changing anything in the essence of the game not i mean not changing the core essence of the game but uh, but uh, it some of them i really liked i believe a couple of them are simply in my opinion are simply more entertaining and maybe even better than regular chess i mean i was surprised to see others are just different i would say they're not better not worse a little different but the goal of uh, of uh, getting rid of all those knowledge theory you know which computer developed uh, so basically the goal is has been achieved so you play for example this variation you you start to think from move three yeah which would definitely lead to more entertaining games and more decisive games obviously even on the top level but uh, on uh, uh, in the meantime uh, while checking those variations I, I think there are at least two variations which i simply like more than regular chess frankly i think they're just slightly improved version of regular chess so it's an interesting work we've done. I guess something like this might can be done in poker as well, yeah? Hopefully. I mean, mm -hmm. I think there is also a certain issue there, yeah? Absolutely. And, um, you know, it's been... Poker has been evolving throughout. You know, we, we've changed the, the types of games we play and the formats of the games over and over and over again. What hasn't happened so far, as far as I know, that we haven't used solvers to try to figure out what changes to the rules are going to make, to, uh, how, how the game is going to look like after. And I, I mm -hmm. find this idea beautiful because I, I read your article on chess.com about 
um, the no custom chess. Mm, one of the variations is that one of the two variations that you found interesting, or there are two other ones that you find well, more interesting? Actually, I, I would say there are three. Yes, this one is very. It's. Uh, I mean, they're all interesting. I would say mm -hmm. there are two which I like specifically, but also this no castle chess. It's just that no castle we already published. It was the first try, okay. and uh, this already people know about it. But we mm -hmm. have some other things in our pockets, yeah. But no castle in chess, actually, the idea was that we started uh, to develop certain ideas. And the first and very logical idea was by, why, why there is a castle room in chess, you know? I mean, what for? And, uh, yeah, the f I started to think about it. And there is no sense in it, yeah? Because it's the only move in the whole, you know, uh, in the whole rules of chess, which actually where you can move two pieces at the same time. It doesn't make any logic. I mean, why all of a sudden you 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 make this move, which is against not only against uh, uh, I would say it's against the core sense of the chess game that you know you move one piece at a time, and then I discovered that actually it, it didn't exist. I mean, it's uh, uh, it's quite a late in invention. Some, I think somewhere it started to be established in chess like 15th century only. And the game of chess is, of course, is much longer. Yeah, it's it's very very uh, old game. And uh, I, st I I had an idea that uh, it's very possible. I see the main reason of, of 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 it is that probably at that time the players were quite weak. Yeah, and the game of chess and chess was always a, a not only intellectual game to develop your brain, but also at at, at that time. Uh, in the Middle Ages and even earlier, it was supposed to be a sort of um, a model of a war, yeah, of, of a war actions, of a military strategies. So mm -hmm. basically, it was like educational game uh, in this sense mainly. And I believe it's that's my guess, my guess, but it's only 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 there are only two versions which. Uh, I found logical. Otherwise, I just don't understand why this move is there. Uh, and uh, the the main guess is that probably since they were playing quite uh, not so well chess at the time, it was not a well known game. Probably the uh, uh, it is uh, you know they were just losing too quickly yeah, with the king on the center, getting mated too quickly, and and probably for educational purposes they invented this idea of castling to make the king safe. That the game lasts longer, yeah. That you can, you you are not getting mated very quickly in 10, 15 mm -hmm. moves, yeah. That is my only. But now people playing chess, uh, I mean, they're a bit stronger, yeah, nowadays and than in the 15th century. You don't need actually this. I mean, you can still not get mated on move 10, you know, uh, if your king is in the center, yeah. So I think, and the second, the second is more is more actually of a philosophical, and but I also think it makes sense. It could be that since it was a game, chess was a sort of a model of a, a battlefield, you know, in a military action. I think it maybe was also an idea to get very, you know, strongly into the heads of the soldiers, of the generals or whatever. I mean, that your king should be safe. Yeah, that first thing you have to take care of. I mean, the, the, the king, I would say, yeah, has a special right. Let's say in a way, if you think about it, it's like he's escaping the battlefield, yeah? I mean, without actually against the normal rules. No other piece can do this, but he can escape and, and get to the safe position, and then you fight, you know, and I'm looking from my corner. 
I understand it sounds abstract, but it maybe makes sense. It's just to get very deeply to the guy that, okay, the first thing, I mean, the king can do whatever he wants, you know, he can, he should be safe. And if he needs to run away, like Napoleon, you know, in the 18th, 12th, he can run away, you know, it's, it's his business. You, you have to keep on fighting. Okay, I mean, it is more half-joking uh, explanation, but all in all, I wanted to check how will be the game looking like without castling. Yeah, let's say one, which is, and uh, why why this first? Because you don't need to change anything. Basically, uh, because other variations, they require a very, very small twist of, of rules. You need to learn not much, but at least a new rule. Or Here, actually, the only thing uh, you, you have to know is that you cannot castle, that's all. Basically, you play the same game of chess. And also what is good, that even you can play official tournaments, basically like this, you just... Or, or not official if you play with your friend, you just say you can agree to with him, okay, let's not castle this game, boss. Okay, and you play a game, yeah. Basically, you can even play the world championship match. If you just have a gentleman agreement with your opponent that okay, we don't castle boss. Okay, you play no castle chess. So it's very easy to implement, actually. That's why it was the first variation. And uh, yeah, we, we we made an article on it. I think it was interesting. I, I liked the games. I saw many, many games Alpha Zero played on it with different time controls. And I think they were very entertaining, very excited. I mean, as a top-level professional, I also like the aesthetics of it. You know, it's, it gets very dynamic, very sharp. It's totally clear to me that the game is, I mean, will, that we will have much more decisive games. And the games will be much, have much more content, so to say. Mm-hmm. Because basically, when I, start, when I tried myself to play, uh, beat uh, this no castle chess. You know, I found out myself that already on move three or four, you have to think. I mean, many everything is unknown. It's totally unknown mm-hmm. territory. It's a known position. The patterns are the same. I mean, it's still chess, the same pattern. But particularly because king cannot castle, you don't know if this is uh, still favorable for you or not anymore. Yeah, it's very difficult. So basically, very difficult to judge. Um, in the in sense of patterns. And uh, I think it's it's a very interesting uh, game. Uh, uh, and, yeah, I mean, if somebody will like to play it, yeah, welcome. I mean, I, I enjoy it. I think mm-hmm. it's quite exciting. But we have, as I mentioned already, a few other ideas. Right. What I'm interested about is, and I completely agree with you about how interesting that game was. I, I watched that game, the one that you... Uh, publicized in the article such a sharp game so interesting so many tactics there uh, beautiful game but the question is if the engines are adapted to to play that uh, that game and to calculate how long would it take until we are back to square one in in sense that okay all positions are solved understandable or just because there's no castling it changes the fabric of the game that it always is going to yeah. be more more tactical and always going to be more sharp no of course there is i mean it changes definitely the dynamics factors uh, in this game as i understood uh, and now um, uh, let's say this sh- uh, shift went into dynamics more so the let's say compared to a regular chess uh there is you have to pay more attention on dynamics it's still quite balanced with positional and dynamics but uh it's definitely sharper i mean you have to 
uh, it's uh, yeah, uh, pay more attention. But I don't think that it will change that much because, of course, let's say computers, you can make them analyze. It will tell you in which particular opening lines which moves is the best. But for human, you know, it's a, uh, yeah, there is a certain misunderstanding over uh, over opening preparation in regular chess. You cannot memorize every single variation. There are just far too many. Basically, you memorize some concrete variations, but mainly you, mem- you memorize patterns. I mean, let's say this pawn structure is good for you, this particular position, and, and you know what you are doing later. That is already enough, yeah? Uh, because memorizing all variations, it's absolutely impossible. There are just far too many, you know. So, and this, those patterns were developed by, you know, maybe 200 years. I mean, in, in our start position, yeah, in the certain pawn structure, in the certain, okay, in this pawn structure, if, if can, I mean, if this piece is here, it's, you know, there is a lot of knowledge accumulated in this hundred years. So now all patterns I've seen, uh, by uh, you know, by checking games there, I, I understood that many patterns are totally different. I mean, it's just uh, the same position. I know usually it is equal, but now I don't know. Maybe it's better for black, maybe better for white. I don't know because kings cannot castle. Yeah, it's it's totally new territory. And even if again, uh, so so to create the new understanding of this chess, new patterns, new kind of dogmas yeah okay this is good for me this pawn structure is good or if my in this pawn structure i should i should usually put bishop here knight here that is the best the, the best places for it i mean that is you know uh, it's very important to understand it took us a century you know at least so it will take a long time of course now it will be quicker because of machines but still it's you know again machine can give you uh, two uh, two megabytes of variations, but you cannot memorize them. And if you cannot make sense out of them, yeah, in a human way, if you cannot structureize this knowledge, understanding, mm-hmm. then it's not of such a big value. And uh, uh, so, and it will take a very long time. I mean, only this one, this variation. I'm not talking about others as well. Uh, and at the end of the um, uh, of it, you can also just play several different variations of chess. I mean, in one tournament, and then it's just impossible to prepare. I mean, let's say even only two castle or no castle, and let's say just before the game there is a drawing of lot one minute before the game. If you play that variation or this variation today, that's it. You know, you cannot prepare. It makes no sense to prepare for both. Yeah. So basically, you just come and you play and. Uh, to me, it has a philosophical value because I believe at the end of the uh, day, for me, and, and I believe there was a common sense in it. There is a there is a general sense in it that the game of chess it's a game. Yeah, it's about who plays better. Yeah, not about who memorizes better. Not about who uh, studies chess more, which is of course also important. Yeah, but I mean it's, it's about who is playing better. And nowadays, sometimes. As on top level, there are even almost till the end of the game, I see that some players playing basically out of his preparation. So basically, performing computer moves, not his own moves. So to me, conceptually, I like the idea that we play, that the uh, field of playing chess is wider and wider, as wide as possible. So if we can start from move one, great. If not, okay, let's start from move five. But as, as early as possible that we start to play, to think on, on our own. That is more of a conceptual philosophical concept behind it. Mm. And I suppose if that 
becomes commonplace, then the type of preparation becomes very different because you are yeah. going to be benefiting more from understanding yeah. sort of the aesthetics, what we talked about, the uh, alpha zero, is trying to understand the position and gain the intuition, intuitional yes, understanding yes. of where you which stand. Is, and- you're, you're absolutely right, which is actually, I mean, it's very nice. It's because now what is happening in most top players' preparation is enormous, you know, a memorization of enormous amount of very concrete lines, you know, just which computers show in SBS, and you just have to memorize them. Mm-hmm. So, and instead of this, you could spend uh, same time just by, you know, thinking like in good old times, Lasker, Capablanca, I don't know, some thinkers, they were trying to, to make concepts that, you know, okay, it's, uh, and they were creating sometimes concepts. So like this, you can start actually uh, try to get understanding of the game and it's a mental effort maybe that's why it, it will not be so uh, um, popular at the end of the day because it's a mental effort but I like I think it is the chess mm-hmm. is a mental effort it's very nice to discover some things because now what I start to feel that uh, well I just stopped the professional chess maybe a couple of years ago even less but I felt like there is nothing to discover anymore I mean conceptually yeah Little move, little improvement in this variation of that, but conception, everybody knows everything, more or less, yeah? Very few new things are coming, maybe once in half year, you know? And uh, somehow it's a bit of a pity. So it became a, a little bit of an athletic game. Yeah? You just have to be prepared a lot to memorize your variations. Of course, you have to achieve certain very high level. Okay, let's say you have it. And then to perform, basically, even not to keep concentration level high, you know, but it's not creative so much anymore. I mean, not so much because not so many new ideas you can discover in chess. And for me, it was always a big pleasure since I started to play chess is discovering some new ideas, some new opening variations, even or new concepts, even yeah, something new, yeah, some uh, this kind of process of creation. And I was a bit missing it. I mean, lately. I mean, it's not probably the nowadays world we are living in is not really going in this direction. But I am maybe an old-fashioned person. But I like this uh, uh, creativity process of creativity process of of searching for understanding something, you know, deeply more than memorizing variations. So uh, that was the idea: is, is yet to bring chess back to its roots, which is about trying to understand the game. And of course, you are absolutely right. I believe that preparation, if there will be several different variations of chess, would be more actually than, you know, uh, checking uh, what computer uh, writes. I think it will be more about uh, looking at the window and and thinking, you know, what what is, the, what is it all about? What is this position all about? I mean, what is this type of position? Uh, what, what what should I do? You know, it's more trying to do this. And I, I, I for me personally, it's much more interesting than memorizing, you know, uh, lots of numbers or, or chess variations. Right, right. I agree with you. It is a more romantic idea. But what do you think about, l- let's imagine, okay, Alpha Zero right now is not publicly available, but at some point mm-hmm. it's fair to assume that some type of Alpha Zero or deep learning algorithm is going to be available. Is it going to be another it, arms race? It is race? already. It is. Well, it is with already, Lila Zero, yeah. of course, with the, Lila, with the yeah, open Lila. source. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But 
and there's going to be probably more variations of that and they're going to evolve as well over time mm-hmm. it's, it's it's fair to assume will it become an arms race again of basically who has a better tool for preparation for for these tournaments um you know especially it is if we... already definitely yeah you're right it, but again first of all i can tell you that you need a more or less equal level for it i mean let's say uh, if you have 100 best computers in the world uh, 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 average grandmaster would still never beat uh, a top grandmaster i mean he will never manage to win him in a match yeah maybe mm-hmm. one particular game yes so anyway the level i mean the level is decisive yeah I mean, when you are, if you're pretty much stronger than your opponent, nothing will help him in the long run. But uh, if if the level is more or less equal, then this element can can become very very important and even decisive. Let's say in the world championship match, of course, if somebody has, let's say, the last one like Caruana with Carlson, if one of these guys would have much better machine than another, I think he would win the match. I mean. Most probably, I mean, with big, uh, but uh, but I, I I suspect they also had mm, pretty good machines and pretty equal equal strengths machines. So um, therefore, okay, then it's pretty yeah, then it's the same. But in a way, it's like there is a certain armed race, uh, and it is as it is. I'm not against it, but uh, there is no point in it. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting in as, as a certain scientific experiment, but there is not much point in it because basically, richest players have to learn more, to work more, to memorize more concrete variations, just to be exactly on the same level as 20 years ago when we needed to work. I would say, or 30 years ago. We should, I mean, I think the amount of information we have to go through and to memorize. I would say minimum, I don't know, 10 times more than at that time. So it's like we are all armed, but what for? We cannot use, mm-hmm. I mean, nobody has an advantage because of it. It's just the advantage that we spend a lot of resources to do it. But in any case, I'm not complaining. The world is, is as it is. It's okay, yeah? It's okay. But you are right that, of course, yeah, it's on the top level, especially it becomes extremely important to have a, I mean, if you don't have a very powerful computer, yeah, you cannot really progress on it top level it's becoming yeah i mean just simply you'll not be getting out of the opening with a decent opening positions and uh, then okay on the top level very difficult to to be very successful if you are always defending after the opening phase yeah Mm -hmm. and it's very interesting what you've uh, said about if in the match of carlson against Karana, if one of them had a much stronger machine they would decisively win can you yeah. elaborate on that? Like, what is the time frame that we're talking about? Let's say, is two months of preparation with a much stronger engine theoretically is enough? And in general, how can you use a much stronger engine? Like, how would you specifically gain an advantage? No, it's just that you will go through... I mean, you can always hire lots of people who would do a technical work. It's just going through... Uh, very, I mean, serious opening variations and so on. And then you will be always better prepared. You have a more, more ac- accurate assessment, finally choosing better moves in the opening. So at the end of the process, you will be simply getting uh, out of the opening with a certain advantage, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then, uh, I mean, when the forces are so equal, plus minus very, very little, you know, then of course, if you are always 
better out of the opening. Even if the advantage is not big, but it's stable, you know, uh, it's very difficult to to compensate it, you know. Uh, even if you are like Carlson, probably is a bit stronger than Caruana, of course. I mean, but if he would be, you know, getting equal positions with White and worse with Black every every game, I mean, in the match he has no chance because you know you cannot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to be genius to to win a top player under such conditions. Right. So, so the that preparation would, that would be the difference. The preparation would allow you to basically arrive at more favorable positions after the yes. opening. No, of course it. You will not win game, but you constantly, stably arrive in a more comfortable, slightly at least slightly more advantageous position, and then. Then sooner or later, one game it might not be important, but sooner or later in twelve games match, you know, it probably will be very difficult to, uh, yeah, to to fight against it. Mm. Interesting, very interesting. Um, and you know what? I wanna because you talked about your passion in chess of you know the, this romantic idea of uh, you know the good old days when uh, you know just thinking and trying to figure out things as you go as opposed to just pure preparation that it appeals to you and i thinking back because i followed your career a bit and i think it's fair to say that your preference for the style the style that you enjoy over time it shifted quite a bit because early on in your yeah. career you you were playing much sharper chess than you seem to have arrived at the loving the positional chess very much and then yeah. later on going back to sharper sharper chess so so your preference sort of went in in a curve can you perhaps first of all is that accurate or Am I yes, uh, yeah, yeah, more or less, more, yeah, more or less true. I mean, uh, my style of play, my approach of chess has changed a few times during my career, which is quite unusual uh, for top level of world champion because usually, of course, uh, you are not the same player all, you know, all your long career, I mean, during the whole career, but it's more or less in the same frame usually. For me, it was very, yeah, sometimes I was just like a totally different chess player, yeah. I don't know yet, I don't know myself why. It's probably because I, I just tried to, uh, yeah, probably because of what you've said. I, I wouldn't call it a romantic approach. I think it's, uh, to me, I mean, at the end of the day, it is what is chess about. It's about playing chess. It's about, you know, who plays better, who plays better. Yeah, I mean, it's just normal for me. I, I, I think it's... Uh, it's not so much about who wins, uh, basically the title or this amount of money, yeah, or something. Yeah, it's basically it's a game. At the end of the day, it's a game. We shouldn't forget it. Yeah, it's a very great intellectual game where you are basically the main gain of it is you are developing your thinking patterns. Maybe there is a certain aesthetic pleasure. There is a certain pleasure of intellectual effort. Yeah, and our world is developing. Okay, chess is not only in chess, of course, but uh, if you are talking about chess, and I think that uh, intellectual effort is what moves our world in general. Yeah, further. I mean, that's uh, very important. So for me, it's more connected with it in a very abstract way. I understand. Maybe maybe it sounds too abstract, but uh, to me, it's very con- it's very logical. It's just this. And when such a uh, 
uh, I mean, for me, it was never about winning this particular game or match or tournament or, or earning this this amount of money. Yeah, it was not the main point. I mean, I didn't mind, of course, and it was important. I mean, I have to feed my family, but basically, the main point is about this intellectual effort. It's about trying to to you know, if you want me to be maybe pathetic, is to over overstep human limits, you know, of our brain or something, to, to invent something new, yeah? So that is, a, to me, chess is something like that. It's something about this. And that's why, yeah, I was trying different styles, different things. I tried, yeah, everything, but uh, just to, I mean, try to, to learn chess, uh, I would say, to play chess in a very different ways, different styles, and to see... Something was more successful, some were less successful. But I mean, for me, it's like an like a science in a way, yeah, yeah, or you know, like a research. You are trying different things. You want to to understand what is it all about, yeah. And in a way, it was my attempt. Sometimes, maybe, uh, possibly, sometimes uh, against uh, practical, you know, uh, profit. I would say result, maybe. My results were at times when there was this, those tra- transition periods. Okay, it's not easy to make it. So sometimes results were going down a bit. But uh, for me, at the end, it was about yes, understanding chess in whole. Yeah, I mean, trying trying everything in chess, what is possible, or not completely everything, but as much as possible. Yeah, I, I think. But you call it romantic. I mean, yeah, maybe by nowadays standard, it is romantic. You can say so, but to me, it's just. It's mm-hmm. authentic, I would say. I mean, mm-hmm. authentic to what chess is yeah. originally. And you've mentioned a very important thing that in the end of the day, chess is a game and a lot of people seem to forget it. You're supposed to enjoy the game. You're supposed to yeah. love the process. Uh, and it really applies in poker in uh, exactly the same way that you know anybody who has longevity in, in, in our business they enjoy the game. They enjoy the process, which comes yeah. with the wins and the losses. But unless you enjoy the intellectual challenge of, first of all, improving, becoming yeah. a better version of yourself, pushing the boundaries, mm, yeah, then it, then it's hard to maintain. I think you cannot. Longevity. Yeah, you cannot get to to a very very top level. I mean, really, like one of the best in the world. If you don't have this. Yeah, I enjoy, of course, it's it's uh, maybe not the very accurate word. I don't know what is the best word, yeah, to explain, because it's also, it's a tough work, sometimes very painful, sleepless mm-hmm. nights, and so on. But there is a certain drive, yeah, in you, which is not about winning, not only about winning, it's also about the game itself, yeah. It's this kind of, yes, I mean, you, you like intellectual effort, you like to improve, I mean, there is something behind there is something uh, on top of just uh, showing a performance, yeah. And and I I notice all best players I I knew, let's say Kasparov, Karpov, Carlson, Anand, they all have it. I mean, they really, I mean, they, yeah. Even if they don't uh, need it at all, but sometimes if they see an interesting position, they would sit and maybe analyze it for one hour, you know. But there is absolutely no practical need. It's just because. Okay, it's interesting. I want to understand it. I want to understand what's going on. So there is a certain, a very yeah, philosophical whatever you call it, idea, uh, metaphysical maybe behind. I mean, uh, on top of of just uh, uh, performing. Yeah, I, I believe it is very 
uh, very important. Yeah, because you can reach a very high level without it, but on the at the end of the day, especially to be a long, you know, to to have a long career, that is important because it's a tough work. You know, if you just take it as a job, uh, I mean, you just uh, yeah, I think you cannot last for so long because it's quite demanding. Demanding, uh, it's a nervous nervous system. And a lot of work has to be done, and you have to work and work, and uh, and it's tough, and it's uh, sometimes extremely disappointing. And if you just take, yeah, I mean, then usually if you don't have this drive inside you, that one day when you inevitably with years start to go down a bit, you know, to start to play a bit worse, then you just stop, you know, I mean, immediately because it doesn't make any more sense. Mm-hmm. And in fact, many players they keep kept on playing for long. I mean long time just because they like it even even not anymore for for money or success just because they just enjoy the process so i believe you are right mm-hmm. um ah, i had something that i wanted to ask okay i remember because mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I got so drawn into what you're what you're talking about and then at some point the question came to me and i and i lost it but i want to focus mm-hmm. in a bit on the human aspect Right, because we we've been talking a lot about uh, the machines, the AI, the preparation, mm-hmm. how you study for the competition, and in the end of the day, all the knowledge, all the memorization, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, yet there's the human factor, and we still make blunders, we still underperform, we still make disappointing mistakes. Can you talk me through a bit of how 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 is that process like? What is your perspective on on the whole human aspect of the competition in chess? Well, fortunately, it's still by far the main aspect. Yeah, I mean, by far the most important issue is your level, your personal traits, certain strengths of your character, nerve system, psychology, and so on. That is, of course, uh, the decisive matter. It's just again when the when the forces are so equal. Then every detail. I mean, I would say even the computer preparation, even on the on the top level, it's only maybe ten, maximum twenty percent, yeah, of the success. But if everything else is equal, then it becomes decisive. But mm-hmm. in general, yeah, it's very important. Is uh, uh, of course not only your level, objective level, of course, also, yeah, but uh, your psychological strengths i would say and everybody is different uh, unfortunately or fortunately i believe fortunately that there is no universal method on how to deal yeah with because it very much depends on your temper on your even if you want philosophy of life you know i, I, I when i try to give advices to some chess players they ask me sometimes what you do i mean i always tell that you know i mean okay I need to to know what you think about this, 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 this. Then I can at least advise because I can give a general advice, but it's my advice. Yeah, it's I would do this, but I, I, you know, I am as I am with all those hundred big list of of experiences. Uh, I don't know ideas, f- philosophies, and you are different. Yeah, so you have to find. I believe to be successful, you have to find your know-how. I mean, you have to actually understand yourself first of all very well. I mean, you have to to find your. And what is the most depressing in in all this is that it will not be for too long. You know, because you are not staying the same person all your life. I mean, you found certain 
certain great, I would say, setup where, you know, you perform really well. But one day you are already, you, you're understanding maybe two years or something that you're not the same anymore. You, you change, something changed. And this doesn't work anymore. You have to search for, again, a new setup, maybe, maybe sometimes just adjusting a few things, experimentally sometimes, sometimes totally new. But it's already something different. So it's not like you found one day and that's it, you know, till the end of your career, now you know what you do. No, I mean, I was doing so many different things and I very often some patterns, certain, you know, general concept of play, of preparation, which worked perfectly, then it was just stopping to work, I mean, completely. Yeah? So I had to, to, to build it again. And sometimes totally different, absolutely different approach. So it is this, yeah, And but there are certain, of course, general, obviously there are certain general uh, aspects which are true for everyone. I mean, which, and again, yeah, of course, everybody knows them, there are tons of books written about them, but at the end of the day, you learn it well with your own experience. So you need to make a certain amount of mistakes uh, as as painful as possible that that you really learn it, you know, <laughs> that you really understand it on your own uh, skin, so to say. And that is, yeah, I had to, I had also this. Uh, it made quite a few stupid mistakes, which cost me a lot. I mean, in chess wise, in career, even money wise, you know, in prices. But uh, finally, I'm happy that I've done it because. You know, if I wouldn't have done it, probably I wouldn't have become world champion because, you know, it was so painful sometimes. I mean, it was so strong that, you know, you really, it hits you. Yeah, so you learn. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you have to build your, I would say, your way of, very abstract general way of playing a game, whether it's chess or poker. Uh, how you take losses, how you take wins, how you... In general, what is your, I would say, philosophical approach into a game? Yeah, you are very emotional. You are very, I don't know, very passionate, or you are cool. You are cold. You you are extremely focused on the result, or you are, let's say, much more calm. You know, like a long, long Buddhistic sort of attitude. Yeah, it's it. Everybody has to make it, but it's very important to have a concept behind. You know, always there is a every top chess player, I, I, I suspect also in poker as well, has a certain, it's a, it's a small world, yeah, which he knows what he's doing at the particular moment, how he plays. I mean, he's fully aware of his weaknesses, his strong points, uh, of his concept of play. He's also, of course, it's important to be aware of, of uh, have a certain idea at least, uh, as deep as possible, as precise as possible about your main opponents. I mean, how how do you see them? Also psychologically, not only as chess players. What are what are, what is the concept of play? Probably in poker, it's even more much more important than in chess. Yeah. So to try not only to to study the games, but also to see them as a character. How I mean, then you start to feel, you know, you know the person. So sometimes then when you play this person, you okay, you use it sometimes. Yeah. I mean, somewhere even on the very much back of your mind, it's there. And then you feel, okay, this moment I can bluff a bit. I feel it's the right moment because he's, for example, is too getting too, uh, I don't know, 
uh, too nervous or something because he has his very tempered person and, and I can see that he starts to be very nervous or maybe you know so this kind of thing mm. uh, it's it's a very global uh work basically so of course your professional work is is very important the main part of it but by far not the only part for example i believe that i've managed to win the world championship match in 2000 against gary kasparov mainly because i've studied him as a person very well i mean i i've understood him as a person and actually uh made a very big use of it i mean that's he is, of course, a genius player and uh, one of the best, if not the best, in the whole history of the game. But when you really feel the person, yeah, then you know. And probably he didn't manage it with me. Maybe I'm much more, uh, how to say, flexible. You know, as I, I mean, I can, you know, he because Gary was always uh, when he was playing chess, he was always playing chess in. In more or less with one pattern, yeah, it was extremely powerful. But he did, maybe that's why he didn't have to change it because it was so successful. But mm-hmm. once you know the pattern of a player, and I guess for poker it might be even more important, yeah, is of course I guess uh, if you're a top player, you have to be capable of of playing in a very different ways, yeah, in a different style probably, yeah, in a different even psychologically different, yeah. You have to be uh, always moving, yeah, not to become a target, yeah, that nobody can shoot you. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you have to to be different all the time, yeah. Most, I mean, usually it is better. Gary, he didn't have to do it. He was always the same, with extreme talent and powerful. But he was playing in the same, uh, I would say, conceptual way. And that that actually, I, I think I managed to use it. Yeah, I knew he is going to to get to a certain how to say, preparation traps, not on the board, but mental traps, yeah, mm-hmm. that he would like to prove that, okay, he would like to uh, press my Berlin defense, which was not, I, I, I was sure it was not what he should do, but but I knew he's, he wants to, you know, to show me, uh, to prove his, his superiority, and actually, yeah, I mean, I think the lack of flexibility, it's probably cost him the title, so, Mm-hmm. If you can, if you are a flexible person, I mean, by nature, I think that that should be very important in poker also, is to be unpredictable, you know, to be mm-hmm. able to be different, to be mm-hmm. one day you play like this, another day you play like that, in different, in many senses, not only in a pure playing sense, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, totally different approach, different way. And then, uh, uh, of course, yeah, because... Uh, but again, if if it's not suiting your character, if it's not suiting your inner world, then you you shouldn't do it. Mm. But it's true, actually. The also the way how you uh, let's say how you deal in a in a stress situation in the most important. I can tell you one element which is always I'm noticing chess that you know the best players, the most the greatest players, uh, even playing even better under big pressure usually which is for most of the people they they play worse or collapse completely you know in the most important moments and but also in tennis you you can see the same with top players nadal federer you know they i mean zero forty they're losing then they get three aces you know i mean <laughs> somehow it's 40 40 already and the same in chess you know this uh, i mean so somehow they managed to get 
uh, you know, to get this level of uh, stress, to hold it in a, in a very good balance, that it motivates them, that it makes them even stronger, but, uh, but not to collapse. Because, uh, uh, you know, there is a very small distance between being, being on the top of your abilities, concentration and nervous, I would say, uh excitement and collapse yeah it's a very very small margin yeah i mean you can easily so uh, lots of lots of things lots of things i guess you know very well as a poker player you i mean you know you know it no less no worse than me yes how many elements you have to or it's a long tournament i don't know your long game six hour games how to keep how, how to play when you start to feel that you are start to you know, not you're not fresh at all. That you start your level drops. How to play under these circumstances? So lots of lots of know-hows, which is slowly with experience and with a certain intellect or abilities to learn. I mean, it gets there somewhere in your brain, and then you use it somehow. You you know, but experience also helps, of course. Yeah, absolutely. And Vladimir, there are so many things I want to address here because you you've said so many important key things here for both in terms of chess and in poker the things that you've mentioned about the poker and more so the the thing that applies to to both sports is self-awareness and being aware of your strengths and your current situation of of the mind because you even throughout the match you're not always the same you're not always able to perform on the same level you need to be aware of that situation and one aspect that I just want to illustrate what you've mentioned is that as poker players, we still need to be aware not only of ourselves, but also of our opponent and that their tendencies yeah. and, and read into those aspects and stay flexible, recognize the patterns. I think a lot of people, because of the rise of the solvers and because of the rise of, of AI, seem to forget it. And focus too much on the information, too much on what the solver says, what the chess engine says, yeah. forgetting that it's still, you know, human against human. So yeah. taking out one part, the human part of the equation, is actually probably taking out eighty percent of what matters out of the, out of the equation. I think yeah, that's actually that's very much a tendency also in chess of a new generation. I've worked in my last years of my career sometimes with young players, and it was very funny because, I mean, somehow it was uh, no, they're very strong players and top, you know, top ten even players. But it was such a different approach because basically there's so much care about the assessment of the machine of the situation. I mean, of course, if it says that it's already close to winning, I understand. Everybody agrees. But when the margin is really like plus little, you know, I mean, I always decide on my own preference. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. which I can decide for the line, for the certain variation, uh, which uh, computer would assess slightly worse than another, just because I like it more. I, I feel like, you know, it has a potential. But for younger players, it's a, it's a final truth. I mean, the final uh, word, yes, of the computer. So they would go always for the line, which is slightly, slightly better assessed by a machine, which is a funny, I mean, the, uh, it's not, not that somebody is right or wrong. It's just a different approach, yeah? Mm-hmm. But I believe there is a lot of, a lot of human um, element. After all, you play chess players. And I think if you know that your opponent, let's say, is 
is weaker in endgame or he is, uh, is a little bit, uh, I would say, um, unconfident or, or he is afraid when, when he's getting attacked. You can bluff a bit, yeah, you can attack a bit, yeah, you can actually, it gives you more space to do certain things because you know that under certain circumstances, his position would be a little bit more favorable, but he will, his level will be much worse of the further play. And that that gives you much more chances to win. So I mean, uh, I always try to play with it. You know, I was yeah trying always to yeah to play the certain the most un, 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 unpleasant uh, as opening choices or, or type of play. Since fortunately, uh, somehow I, I've been quite universal player. Uh, maybe due to the fact that you know, as we uh, uh, spoken before that I played in different styles of play. So I, I could play a very different type of game. And uh, usually I always try the type of game uh, which is the most unple- un- unpleasant for my opponent. That was more important than objective assessment, if it's slightly better or equal. That is, for me, less important. Well, the most important that the trend of the game is in my favor, yeah? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that is... Uh, but also, for, yeah, for that, I believe... The two obvious elements, knowing yourself and knowing your opponent, I believe anyway, the first one is more important. And because everybody somehow in a mediatically says that the most important is to, to, to prepare for your opponent, to know uh, your opponent. But I believe the, the most important by far is to know yourself. And as you mentioned, I fully agree with you, to know yourself at, at the moment, at the particular moment. And it can even be a day-by-day moment, you know, mm-hmm. because yesterday you were one. Today, for some reason, maybe you had a bad sleep or, I don't know, some, you are not in the same shape, and, but you have to feel it, yeah? Then, uh, so it's, not, it's, it's a very much, uh, you know, work, um, very experimental work, yeah? You, have, you might make a mistake, you might, but you have to always to, to get this self-awareness almost almost life, you know, uh, in a life uh, uh, manner, yeah? So at, at the moment, at the particular moment, you make a single move, yeah? In fact, this, as much as you can. Sometimes sometimes everybody makes mistakes, and sometimes I always had certain failures when I, I thought I was okay, and in fact, I just made a blunder because obviously I was already out. But in general, as a concept of this uh, self-awareness, at least when I played the... Uh, chess and we play every day usually during tournament there is one or two rest days but uh, somehow when i wake up i have my breakfast and before the game somehow i had a, like a checkup of myself how do i feel today am i fresh how do I, how is my mood am i in, in kind of creative mood am i really eager to play or today i'm a bit sort of so so you know so it's like a small checkup to you know, to and even during games, sometimes yeah, to yeah, to to have this checkup of yourself and a certain, of course, when I know my opponent in chess, it's easier because you have just one player to play against, and on the top level, more or less, most of the time you know them well. So I had, of course, certain general kind of vision of my of my opponent. How is he now? Yeah, I mean last period, but also then how is he playing in this particular tournament? You know, is he, you know, confident, non-confident? Uh, what are his weaknesses? And so, 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 yeah, this kind of analysis, very abstract general. And then, well, unfortunately, it's not enough. You also have to 
play good moves. Yeah, that is uh, that's also necessary yeah. sometimes. Yeah. And you know, I want to circle back to what you said. I found it very interesting when when you said about these young guys trusting blindly, always trying to go for the optimal move, even though the difference between moves might be minuscule. I see it a lot in poker as well. Uh, I see it with my students. I see it with a lot of people in the industry in general of following the advice of a solver because the solver says that the expected value of a specific move is higher, neglecting the fact that it's just slightly higher. Mm -hmm. Somehow forgetting that, well, it's just a small difference. But the real thing is it's only this positional assessment in chess or the expected value in poker is only true if you can actually execute the rest of the line according to yeah. how computer would execute mm -hmm. it. Because yeah, if yeah. you get to that point and then start making mistakes, then there's mm -hmm. no way that that line is good yeah. for you. So you mm -hmm. should go for what you're suggesting of basically, even if it's slightly lower, but you much prefer that position and you're much more comfortable with it and you're going to be able to execute it correctly after you're yeah, as a human yeah. player, I mean, you're that, much that you, better off going. You that you feel that you understand this position better, that it's in more in your style of play. And mm -hmm. then, yeah, it's true because final assessment of a machine is, is the assessment of machine as a player. Yeah, I mean, because it's a little advantage and then uh, with a perfect play for, from both sides for another 20 moves, which very rarely happens, you know. Exactly. So this is a, a bit of a virtual value, you know, this slight advantage. I mean, basically what is important that you your chances of, of playing well after uh, are higher, you know, than your opponent's chances. That is much more important. I mean, un unless, of course, the difference is big of the assessment of the page. So, of course, to me, it's quite obvious, but, you know, it requires quite, uh, you know, it is simpler to do like this. Yeah, computer said, okay, this move is, this decision is better. It gives a little more mathematically chances, so you go for it. It is much more simple and probably for young for young players, they have less experience, so it's also maybe even more efficient, I don't know, uh, before you get more experience. But I believe, again, if you want to be a very top player, you have to create your own style, your own vision of chess. Yeah? You have to play your chess, not Alpha Zero, not Stockfish, even if they are much better than you playing, but you have to have your your kind of, your know-how, yeah? and uh, and to stick to it, you know, to, to, to trust, in a way, to trust your your feeling i mean because at the end of the day it's probably more pragmatic even when you you know because when you like something or you you somehow you don't like the position computer says it's fine but you're not so happy about it i never play such positions if i don't like i just don't i mean i understand it's equal but i don't you know i would prefer to be on the place of my opponent no i don't go for it even if it's objectively equal you know i i, I need to like it in some way you know I mean, in some way, I need to feel that I'm I'm ready to play this position, yeah. Even if it's sometimes slightly worse instead of equal, but but there is potential. That I, I kind of like the potential. Hard to explain what is it mm -hmm. all about. I mean, it's difficult to mathematically explain it. But uh, I, I always try to uh, uh, to stand by. I mean. Uh, 
on, on this on this uh, point yes to to play uh, yeah according to my feeling yeah and especially like as you said it's difficult to assess mathematically because as the a chess engine or a poker poker solver is not taking into account your self awareness so your capability at that yeah. moment and your opponent you as yeah. a human player you have that information you can assume that if I take a specific line in poker or chess, there is a higher likelihood that my opponent is going to try something creative, yeah. something sharp, something aggressive. Mm -hmm. uh, a solver wouldn't go for it, but I know my opponent is going to go for it, so I, I give yeah. him a chance. I take this line, I allow him to get mm -hmm. out of line, so to say, and uh, experiment and take, it, take the advantage there. Yeah, or, or some, yeah, there are many elements. Or sometimes in chess, the player can be become very nervous in time trouble, can be, you know, so close to time trouble, you can bluff a bit just because you know this tendency, yeah, that he is not playing well and, or, or that, he is, uh, that he doesn't like his skin on the attack and you can maybe allow yourself too much, but you know that he will get nervous and he will start to play worse. So, yeah, there, there are lots of elements, but um uh, I, I believe that it's worth considering if you if you want to improve your game yeah in poker or in chess it's important otherwise you know if you just play like this uh, always following the computer's advice but how to make a difference then i mean of course to a certain level yes but at some point you need to make a difference with top players let's say 10 more or less equal players you have to make some difference you know how uh, and uh, yeah, if you want to be the best, or you know, the best two, three players, then okay, you have to make the, to create this know-how, this your own uh, your own uh, recipe, which is absolutely personal, personally done. You know, I mean, just because of your beliefs, your way of seeing the game, your character, your temper. You know, it has to be haute couture, as I mentioned already, and. Uh, but uh, and it's anyway it's interesting because uh, after all, if you just always play uh, like according to the best mathematically uh, best uh, solution, actually it's also quite boring. I don't know. To, <laughs> to me, mm -hmm. I find it's a little bit like you know dry, so so to say dry. But um, for some, it is no. For some, it is very efficient. I mean, I again, I I don't say that maybe somebody. Is uh, feels that he's more more confident. It's easier for him. Let's say he's very good performer. Even in chess, there are some players who are, who have excellent memory, fantastic calculation. You know, very very fit. You know, they can play six hours on the same level. Maybe they don't need this. Maybe that's enough for them. Just you know, because they are great performers. First of all, I mean, mm -hmm. athletes in a way. You know, they are actually very good at, at performing. Maybe for them. So again, I don't tell it for everyone. Uh, it should be like this. But uh, experience shows that most, if not all, world champions in chess, they had it. They had this certain know-how. They were playing in their own way. I mean, it, it was it was Kasparov chess or Anand chess or Capablanca chess. It was not chess. It was you know exactly you could name. You could see the the know-how you know in when you uh, analyze their games let's circle back to what you've mentioned earlier the 2000 year 2000 your the year when you won against kasparov the the world championship mm -hmm. uh, 
because it wasn't just a victory. It was a, a victory where the defending champion didn't win a single game. Which I think, if I remember correctly, the last time it happened was in early 20th century. So it was quite uh, actually quite only, tw- only twice in history. Yeah, then actually the the another time Carlson won against Anand in the same mm. way that uh, yeah. So only three times yet in the history it happened like this. Yeah, uh, and we have a long history of World Championship matches. I think the first one was at the end of uh, 19th century. Uh, yes, especially Kasparov who was winning a lots of games. I mean, he was playing sharp chess, losing sometimes, but winning enormous amount of games yeah that's i mean somehow it fitted very well it was my my period uh, of uh, kind of positional i was very good at defense at that moment for some reason you know probably i worked with a couple of chess players strong players who were very very strong defenders and they enriched me a lot uh, and uh, in the 90s, I was a very sharp player with a lot of uh, risk taken out of risk. And then somehow just working with those experienced players, I've learned something from them. And then my style mutated a bit. And probably actually it is a very good style for the World Championship match because in a match, it's a very big difference compared to tournaments. Tournament, to win a tournament, you win, you need to win a lot of games, yeah? A lot of games. It's not enough just to win one or two. You need so this kind of sharp style is more uh, is more suiting more tournament plays. That's why Kasparov was such a strong tournament player. He was winning before actually before our match. He won top, top ten top tournaments in a row. You know, I mean, which is probably a historical record. You know, so ten actually with all best players, and you know, uh, so it was. Uh, uh, but but for for matches actually in a match you need just to win one game more than your opponent. So basically not losing, being a very good defender is a quality which is uh, even uh, more valuable, especially in a match. It was a pure coincidence, in fact. It was because you cannot develop this quality to a very high level just in in two three months. You know it takes time. So somehow I was shifting in, into this direction. Maybe subconsciously not actually being aware of it, and then when when I actually get into this match, I've changed completely as a chess player because uh, I think just before the match I I had a strike of not losing a single game for close to hundred games in a row with top players, which is maybe only few times in history happened. So I was extremely almost unbeatable player. You know, playing doesn't mean doesn't mean that I was playing more defensively. I was sometimes playing aggressive, but my defensive abilities, I mean, improve enormously. Yeah, and then with Kasparov, who was, I mean, with whom competing uh, in a sharp tactical battles was a suicide. Even if I was always quite okay in it, but okay, he was probably best ever in history in this kind of dynamic uh, attacking chess. He was extremely uh, strong. So somehow it fitted together the strategy and. Uh, Mm, uh, and then I also got into the best possible shape for the match physically, mentally, and so on. It was a very big challenge for me. Actually, again, I was—I didn't expect to win. I didn't—I I thought I would probably lose. I mean, I didn't think I would win. I, I knew I had some chances because actually, we always—I was always a quite a difficult opponent for Gary. I mean, even before the match, we had an equal 
score with him in our encounters, which was very rare case. Usually he was much ahead on on personal, you know, in personal record against most of top players. And with me, it always was not easy to for him to play. Maybe it's a style or something else. Maybe there was some respect uh, kind of as a chess player because I was at his school before when I was a kid and Somehow he liked me very much as a chess player. He was very high opinion. Even in interviews, he was telling that I, I might I have a good chances to fight for the crown. So it also it stays somewhere in your subconsciousness, probably, yeah, these ideas. And uh, yeah, somehow it fitted. I was very well prepared. And uh, uh, it was a difficult moment for him because for the first time, he played many matches before. And for the first time, he felt like, Okay, like he's hitting the wall, yeah, that he cannot break through, you know. And for him, it is such an unusual feeling because basically in tournaments, he was winning every second game or at least every third game for sure, you know. And like this, okay, he was playing two games, four games, eight games, he cannot win a game, you know. And uh, I think it psychologically was very, you know, destructive for him. And uh, since also he's... uh, quite emotional person. So, so he started, you know, he started to eat himself, so to say. Yeah, I mean, it was just such an unusual situation for him uh, that uh, I think his level started to drop at some point because, I mean, it was still very high level. It was still very difficult, of course, to win. But, I mean, he, he, and I, I could believe also very important when you play a match, especially one-to-one, basically you spend uh, a lot of time you know, uh, with each other on on the board. And then you start to have a certain, you know, feeling of your opponent, yeah? You know, it's a very strange, you know, very strange uh, kind of connection between players. You know, in a match, it's always the case that once uh, one player, so the two players are like like in physics, you know, this uh, two... Things with water, yeah. So one, uh, if water gets there or, or here, yeah. So if somebody starts to play worse, another usually most of the time your opponent starts to play better. Another way around. So so it's very there is a big connection, you know, between two players in a psychological kind of battle. And I can tell it was interesting that at some point I could feel that he's even by the way Gary looks and so on. Even he was still he was just one point behind, almost nothing, yeah. But I could feel he lost confidence. You know, he he somehow he in a way he doesn't believe he will win. You know, I mean, it's a matter of feeling, looking at his eyes. You know, you I, you could mm. see that the way he's. I mean, I know him for so many years. We played in tournaments, and I saw him sort of how to say uh, lost. I mean, lost. He doesn't understand what's going on. What what to do? He tries everything. He tries this. Nothing works. And usually in such situation, you need patience. You need just to, you know, like a tough, difficult moment. Okay, make draw another, wait, wait, wait. And one day, use your chance, yeah? But for that, you need a little bit of a different type of maybe temper, character, yeah? Gary was always trying to push to go ahead. But if the wall was too strong, you know, he could crush himself on this wall, yeah? I mean, maybe another player like Magnus Carlsen, much more cold-blooded, you know, he would maybe wait, making draws and wait and wait and and use his moment uh, when it comes, you know. Uh, Gary, he was trying to create his moments and and, and losing like a boxer who was always uh, going and started to hit, hit, trying to hit, but always, you know, it's it's blocked, you know. 
and then he loses energy. Then he starts to get tired because he's he's keep on hitting, you know. And uh, and at some point he cannot anymore stand on his feet almost. Yeah, because by the end of the match, I remember I saw I saw him. Maybe, maybe the only time, and we've played so many years together. I mean, different tournaments that he was exhausted. I mean, like uh, game fourteen. I remember at the end of the match, he was still trying hard. He's a big fighter, of course, but he he could barely speak already. You know, I could see that he lost all his energy. You know, and uh, so yes, but that was uh, yeah. I mean, I think I managed to get the right uh, preparation more conceptually. I mean, I, I knew his weakness. I knew that he's hitting extremely hard, like Tyson, you know. But if he doesn't knock you out, you know, by the round eight, he can, you know, he can lose his team, you know. So my goal was not to get knocked out. Uh, and uh, I was very patient when, when it was about defending. I was defending, counter-attacking. I was going to so and, uh, and finally, it worked somehow. Um, but true, it was an interesting, of course, uh, well, very memorable moment uh, for me and uh, for the whole chess history because Gary was world champion for 15 years. It was actually the only time he lost the world cha- match in general uh, in his career. But uh, yeah, it was quite a big achievement. But again, I, I didn't believe so much. It was Actually, I didn't care, strangely enough. Again, it's my philosophy, my attitude, which is very different to a competitive sportsman. Because for me, it was a big challenge, you know. For me, what was always important is the inner challenge, you know. I mean, when you play World Championship match with uh, definitely the best player of the time and maybe of the history, you know, for me, what was so interesting is to see, uh, I mean, who am I in chess, you know. Again, very abstract question, but it was more important than money or something. It was just, it's like a lacmus paper, yeah, as you say. Uh, you know, it shows exactly. You cannot hide anywhere anymore. In a tournament, you can beat some weaker players, make a draw safe, and somehow do well. In a match, you have to play 16 games with, uh, like, 16 rounds with, with I don't know, uh, Mohamed Ali. You know, you cannot, <laughs> you cannot hide in a corner. You have to... And for me, it was... Uh, I didn't know what to expect, but uh, it was... Uh, I wanted to do my... I wanted to do my best. I wanted to... I mean... Uh, if I lose, I lose. But to tell that, okay, I've done maximum. I was on my maximum and it was not enough. Okay, I'm not as good. Yeah, that's fine. But I, I didn't want then later to feel like, okay, in fact, I, I could have won if I would, you know, if I would believe in it. Yeah, so or something like that. So I prepared to maximum. And actually, I was already happy that I, it was clear from the very beginning that it was very equal fight. I mean, that it was very tough match for him, very close and tough. So, I mean, it was already very good for me. If I would lose it, I wouldn't mind so much. I mean, but uh, which shows maybe also that uh, if it's this attitude is authentic to you as a person, it also has advantages because we actually we don't know ourselves very often uh, how far we can go. You know, uh, you know, if you do things right, yeah. If you if you prepare, if you do it in the right way, you never know. I mean, I didn't expect I I would uh, be better than Kasparov. You know, I mean, who was a, you know, Muhammad Ali of of chess. You know, but I I mean, in this particular match, at least it was and it was admitted by Kasparov. I was clearly better. I mean, he was outplayed. Yeah, so it was big surprise to me, but uh, pleasant pleasant one this time. 
And you've mentioned the things, for example, that you saw in his eyes towards the the end of the match that you know he he doesn't believe he can win anymore. How much of these how many of these thoughts are actually going through your mind during the match? How much are of course, you of course going a lot, a lot. I mean, it's not even uh, sometimes not even thoughts. There are lots of thoughts also, but sometimes it's like a mood which starts to overtake you, you know. Mm-hmm. I know I also lost at some point. I, I was I won another two matches watching the match. So finally I lost to Anand and and you just feel at some point you cannot do anything. You it it different with different but for me it was like a feeling everything goes wrong, you know. I just like you know, it, it, and you are frustrated. You, you try still your best, but it, somewhere deep inside, you 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 know it's not going well. Yeah, and that's very important when it's deep. You know, when it's not like one particular game, and then next morning you wake up. It's a, but it's like okay, things are going wrong. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what to do. Yeah, and uh, this this state of of uh, mind uh, of soul, if you want, yeah. It's you cannot hide it. Yeah, when you sit in front of your opponent for hours, I mean, he sees it in your eyes. And even if you are trying to be a great actor, but he see, you feel it. Yeah, you just feel it. That's why it's so important when you get it. You know, you are lucky if you manage to get rid of it quickly because your opponent starts to feel it, and then he becomes stronger. Then he he already it gives him confidence. You know. Uh, so there are lots of these psychological moments, even experienced player like Kasparov, so powerful and strong in experience, even he gets into this. Nobody can, you know, nobody can uh, avoid such things, you know. So it's the only thing that if it happens, some wrong period or, okay, you have to, the only method I know is to bite your teeth and to to suffer, you know, just to hold, to hold, to hold and to wait to wait for it to pass yeah i mean mm-hmm. to wait for your chance because if you try to uh, and to control yourself very well i mean which i also by the way didn't manage in my world championship match against vishanta anan in 2008 yeah i couldn't manage i started to play too aggressive and lost another game and uh, it was over yeah i mean i understood i knew i should i should be holding but i couldn't keep couldn't keep myself together yeah i mean so you know we one thing is to know another thing is to uh to do it on practice it's well it's not the same yeah yeah absolutely and in poker we have so many parallels here as well on a more micro scale because of course the chess match is is a long uh form compared to the poker poker decisions poker one hand in poker is, is very quick but if you think of a match as a span of six hours or something like that there's also yeah. the a lot of ups and downs in terms of, of emotional yeah. swings and once again we circle yeah. back to self-awareness and, and being aware of where you're at how your opponents are yeah and being in good control understanding what's going on it's very important understanding i mean that first of all being aware that something starts to go wrong and knowing what to do in such situation, being prepared in some way at least. It's difficult even if you're prepared for it uh, in, uh, intellectually. It's not always uh, a guarantee that you will manage it, you know, because of emotions, tiredness, whatever, yeah, frustration. Mm-hmm. But at least to, I mean, that this situation which uh, uh, happens from time to time, that it doesn't... Uh, appear i mean unexpected and that you simply you're at a loss yeah that you more or less know you know 
theoretically at least what you are going to do i mean mm. and then probably failing and practically but at least theoretically <laughs> you you know yeah i want to ask you about ego because uh in many competitive environments well pretty much in most competitive environments ego is a driver for becoming the top of the top becoming the world champion but very often ego is also the thing that brings you down because yeah. you know it's there there's pluses and minuses to it what are your thoughts because like for example if if i think about mr kasparov then there's a big ego there and probably that worked in many ways for him to achieve yeah. what he achieved and and pushed him and and was the driver um and in some ways maybe it, it, it had some negative effects like how do you feel about it yourself and what's your opinion on you know is is it important to control your ego what what would you tell to up and coming chess players i don't think you can change your ego so much or control it really especially in the already adult age yeah uh there are different approaches of course more uh more usual is yes it's quite a strong ego and the desire to win to be the best yeah to prove that you are the best this is um, i would say maybe 70 percent of top sportsmen in general are like this yeah or maybe more i don't know but uh, for me i'm in this minority of 30 20 percent i mean it was never about proving something to it was about proving to myself you know i mean mm -hmm. not even proving but just like a challenge yeah this kind of challenge to trying to to get better to overtake a new new hate yeah new challenge so that was more important and uh, uh, so ego wise yeah i mean as long as i knew that i did my best i really did well but it was not enough it was perfectly fine for me i mean i I was not, oh, it's okay, you know, I know that I, so so it's very, if you want, uh, I don't know, autistic uh, even approach, yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, in a way, I, I was always fighting with myself, I'm not fighting, but it was inside myself, yeah, uh, which is not uh, usual, but it's also, if it's, if it's authentic, what I want to say, that it's important that it's authentic, that you are not trying to be another person, yeah. I mean, you're, you you get your motivation and your general concept of your game, uh, you know, that it uh, it's corresponds to your nature, really deep nature. Yeah? And I even tried because I, I've got quite many people who are telling me that I'm too soft and I have to be more aggressive, uh, you know, when I play chess, to be more determined, you know, and I was sometimes, you know, a little bit, you know, uh not winning many winning positions because i didn't have this kind of killer instincts as 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 they say yeah to try to really to win a game so for me when i was already outplayed my opponent and and quite often especially when i was young and i was already having big advantage winning position i was relaxing somehow because basically like job is done yeah i mean i was so but i tried a couple of times just but it's just not mine you know i just i simply it doesn't work for me you know i so but you know any approach has pluses minuses yeah so for example for me uh, the plus was always yeah i was very uh to say maybe my strongest points in my career was a psychological stability yeah i mean i was very stable it was very difficult to break me i mean so you uh, because i didn't care so much about the result you know so okay i could lose one game even second game i would come back again because for me next day is the next day yeah so 
I was very, very stable, maybe the most stable of all players of my time, including Kasparov. Or, uh, uh, but uh, from other point of view, I felt like in the decisive moments, my concentration, I could never get to this concentration level or motivation level which Kasparov used to have a cup of, you know, when they were really like, uh, you know, uh, somewhere like aliens, you know, this level of concern. You could see in their eyes that it's a very important game, a very important moment, and they forget about everything. And for for them, this particular game is the most important thing in life at this moment, you know, and you could clearly see that nothing else exists. You know, I was never like this. So, it has plus and minuses, but from other point of view, yes, they were cracking sometimes, like Kasparov here yeah, in time trouble. It was sometimes just too much tense. He couldn't hold it, yeah, because he was so, so much into it, so much motivated that, you know, like also in a match against me, that sometimes he couldn't hold this pressure. And for me, I was always capable of usually holding it, you know, without, without, I mean, actually the level of my play used to be always stably strong. I mean, it was never maybe to the height of a genius, but it was never very low. You know, so I was able to, I was uh, being able to keep the level, even in my bad days, it was still a good level because of the stability of nerve system and psychology. But all in all, nothing is better or worse. You just have to understand who you are and uh, yeah, be be uh, authentic to it. Yeah, I mean, just try to use your your core chances. You have no chance if you try to copy someone and try to be, uh, you know, aggressive or try to be like me. If you are really motivated just to win or to or to be the best, you know, then then my approach wouldn't work. So, uh, but uh, general, yes, I, I feel I see it like this. I know the drawbacks, but. Uh, uh, I know that I cannot I cannot do other way because it will not be me and and if you do your profession which is especially when you're successful if you try to do it uh, in an artificial way it's in some way which doesn't correspond to your nature it will not work I'm sure in the long run it will never work yeah absolutely absolutely uh, Vladimir if we still have a bit of time I, I want to ask you about studies because you transformed your style several times throughout your career you were studying in Botvinnik and Kasparov school you had some great mentors you've changed so much how do you think about the the process of improvement in chess because like when i'm looking at it First of all, it's hard for me to comprehend how can anyone actually achieve the level of performance that you or any other grandmaster, for that matter, achieves. To me, it's it's incomprehensible. But I no, want to. But it's find always out. sorry. It's all, it, it's always in every profession. For me, it's uh, in other profession uncomprehensible. In chess, it seems to be it's it's not so difficult. You know, many right. people can do. So it's right. always like this. If it's not your profession, you know, you think that it's uh, impossible. But no, no, it is possible. No, absolutely. No, I I know it's possible. I'm very not aware more difficult of, than, than in poker or maybe other professions. But I want to know uh, because I know how how it was for me in poker, and I'm not claiming I achieved anywhere near uh, the top of, uh, of our profession. But to me, there were some defining moments which 
changed the way I see the game in surprising ways where I didn't expect to to shift my uh, sort of understanding of the game or perception of the game. Has it happened to you and is it common in chess when you, by some circumstances, by some influence from another player or by, by some coincidence that you sort of have a big shift in the way you see the game yeah, and understand yeah, the game. Definitely, definitely, it is. It is like this. Yeah, and uh, I believe in general the uh, the talent is in a particular, in a certain particular area. If you are talking about it, if you can define it somehow, uh, it's an ability to learn. Yeah, first of all, it's your your quickness. You, I mean, how how how. Uh, well, do you digest information and what do you do out of it? Yeah, some somewhere in your brain, something happens. Yeah, and so uh, that's why the learning process, uh, of course, there are certain basics, some concrete things you have to learn, like I guess in poker uh, and in chess, a lot variations, some theoretical end games, whatever. But most of the learning uh, process is is not direct yeah it's about you just uh, you get some very strong players some ideas of them you listen to them not really trying to you know to learn the secret because there is no secret i mean at least you cannot uh, describe it in words yeah but you somehow people are talking you you analyze the game you analyze position and all of a sudden you you get certain things are coming there you don't even notice it yeah but some, oh, oh yeah sometimes you know it's okay he says about this position that he he doesn't like this bishop i always thought it was not a bad bishop in in such situations so okay you start to think a bit okay he might be even wrong maybe you're right but anyway it's interesting yeah so it gets there you know something got uh, some new idea got there then then it's working something works there i mean what is important is to think about it i mean to be to be involved, yeah, I mean, because sometimes you just, uh, even now, when I even already finished my career, but sometimes I, I like to think, I see some game, and I like to think why he played, well. it's some, it's a bit unusual, what did he mean, uh, just because it's, a, you know, it's, it's a part of you, yeah, and mm -hmm. so this permanent process of thinking, and very important to have, of course, very good sources of information, so, uh, when it's strong players, when I maybe are commenting something, they tell, I don't know how is it in poker, but at least in chess, sometimes they comment the game, they, they say what they thought, what would they, uh, you know, uh, how did they like their position or not. So those ideas, they come from, and I remember, but you are right, sometimes there are certain shifts which you don't notice, and all of a sudden, it just, you, you realize that you understood something about the game, whether the game itself in mathematics or whether the way the psychology of the game, it can be different. But I also had one period when I improved enormously. I mean, the most strange period when it happened just by two lectures of a very strong chess player, but top 10 player at that time. But in fact, I was totally accidentally there, actually. And uh, it just was showing a couple of his last games. He played in a top tournament with Kasparov, Karpov. And he showed his games, but actually, in fact, he was just there because he was, you know, invited. He was a friend of the person who was making those webinars. I mean, at that time, not webinars, but seminars. And, uh, okay, just just did it. I mean, he didn't even prepare, really. Just showed some games and uh, explained what the, what he thought about the position. And then I, I, 
I was already not a bad player myself. It, I was already a strong grandmaster. I mean, it was 92, actually. In one year, I was top 10 player already, yeah? maybe because of those two lectures. You know? mm-hmm. But I, I just felt that sometimes his moves were so strange, was so very prophylactic, very... You know, very you know, very abstract. You know, you know, not really doing anything. And that was a concept which was, you know, alien to me. That I didn't. I mean, for me, chess was you have to do something, you have to improve your position. Sometimes I noticed that sometimes he's just more or less staying, doing nothing. Yeah, in chess, and and actually, and still very successful. He won against Karpov in this tournament. He made the draw with Kasparov. So okay, he was a strong player. I mean, uh, so, and I understood it's a new, it's a new way of playing, that it's also possible. Sometimes you can do nothing for, for some, for some period of most basically almost nothing, you know, to play slow, very slow chess. And I remember immediately next tournament I came, it was extremely successful and I used it several times just in one tournament. I started to play such moves, which I've never played before. And very quickly, you know, I, I, I raced uh, to the top 10. It just, it enriched me so much. Just two lectures, a few hours, not even teaching exactly this, just showing games. I mean, but then, but I, I got this from his games, which he was not intended to, to show it uh, exactly for that purpose. He was just showing games and just commenting them. But I got something from me, and yeah, that's true. That's how it how it happens. And sometimes also some other, some more practical elements. There was some moments when already being a world champion, when I was still learning some things, which which I, I somehow understanding some new dimension of of let's say preparation for chess games or psychology, you know. So yeah, it's a, it's a process which never ends. But what is important as well is, I believe, till the end of your career, at least, is to be ready to learn. I mean, never to, to, never to have this kind of idea that, okay, now I know how this, is, how this has to be done. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm always ready to change my opinion if, if, if I'm proved wrong. Yeah? If, if uh, okay, I mean, even something which I believed in for 10 years, but, okay, if, if computer or somebody else proves me that it's not the case I, I give up I say sorry I'm wrong you know I mean that's the way I mean that's the way to learn I mean to advance yeah because you never know the final truth yeah man but uh, if you stuck to your ideas too much yeah it's uh, there are certain barriers which you cannot overstep yeah because you cannot be right even if you're a top player you cannot be right about everything yeah Mm-hmm. It's too complicated, uh, a game of poker, chess, or, or, or our life in general. So you need always to be ready to accept new ideas, new uh, concepts, and even sometimes to to get rid of yours, which are already not, not valid, at least for you. Yeah? So that is very also important, this flexibility uh, of mind, or maybe even of your ego, yeah? to be a little bit, you know, maybe... Uh, more modest, even if you are top top player. But okay, you you are still not good. Yeah, not yet, at least. Yeah, what a great point that is, because you know when we think about learning, what I see from a lot of people that I work with, uh, oftentimes, to some, learning just boils down to information, and let's face it, information is abundant. There's 
more information than we can go through in our lifetime when it comes to chess, when it comes to poker. Information is not the problem. What you do with that information is the real problem. And remembering that it's still a human factor, that you still need to be having more qualities than just the, the knowledge or the understanding. And you have to be flexible. You have to be open to new ideas, like you said. It, it's so important. And uh, Yeah, because things are advancing everywhere, in chess, in poker, everywhere. You know, the games, uh, sciences are advancing. So you have to, yeah, to, to be ready to accept new things. And sometimes they advance in such manner that certain even, you know, areas are abandoned almost, okay, you just have to admit it's it's not right. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you, you're believing for all your career or 10 years into something which is probably not fully correct. But that's okay, yeah, that's fine. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. you already scored your points, your victories with, with that belief, so it's fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm so excited to see what's going to come out of uh, the Alpha Zero, I'm really looking forward to seeing the the new variants that that you're working on. Uh, yes, I, I don't know when I will actually. I was planning to write to ask them when. Uh, yeah, because of this, and I, I suppose it's going to be published well by September latest probably. I mean, mm-hmm. it's already fully ready in April. We've made the final version in April, but yeah, we're just sitting there waiting. But uh, yeah, well, it's interesting. Uh, uh, for me to see how it will be received, because I find some variations are really fascinating, interesting, but it's unusual. Again, it's about your concept. Yeah, of course, for chess players also, especially for amateurs, because of course, uh, I mean, many things which they don't yet understand deeply, but I mean, the re- chess is very rich, but for, for, for professional players, of course, it's very nice when basically you know everything there is less mental effort yeah because you know most of things so it's more about just calculating a bit so it's more relaxed because when you have to start to think from the very beginning and many things are totally new it's uncomfortable but what is good it's also uncomfortable for your opponent yeah Mm -hmm. so uh, i mean it's okay it doesn't make you weaker or i mean doesn't reduce your chances but then, of course, yeah, it depends if you take it more pragmatically. Of course, it's easier to do your job when it's, uh, you know, when you know a lot about it. Uh, just it, it, less effort, yeah? Less effort for you, less effort for others. But um, to me, uh, intellectual effort is something which worth, uh, you know, worth your time and uh, worth your suffering. Yeah? I mean, it's <laughs> maybe one of the most uh worthful things you know in life you know, I mean, to to make some efforts and especially to, so i'm ready for it but let's see let's see how it uh, how it will be mm. yeah i'm very curious to see about it as well and not only for the new variants but also for how human players are going to in- incorporate uh, machines like Alpha Zero in their study process, because finally there's something that is more human than just the brute force ugliness that is uh, the stockfish thinking 50 moves ahead. Yes, yes, that's true. I mean, but uh, the only thing that I'm afraid, if you know, if somebody creates some amazing engine, which is maybe even better than Alpha Zero, I don't know how it's possible 
to to be better but who knows you know and uh, somebody has a, it's like a nuclear weapon somebody if only one country has a, uh, you know uh, um, has nuclear weapon then it becomes really dangerous you know and dominant mm, it's just so yeah, it's it's a dangerous if somebody gets approached and he just starts to to be dominating not i mean yeah not not because he is a better player even really but because he has a better engine it's it's a little bit sad for me if it would happen i don't think it's happening now uh, although of course even among top 10 players not everybody has same financial and other resources so i'm pretty sure somebody has like carlson he has amazing machine and team which is working probably better than many others but not all some are also very good but that's already makes some difference uh which is conceptually not fully right because it's a game but but it's okay it's not yet dramatic but let's see how it will develop i mean if chess i mean first of all now in this situation of pandemic we don't really have uh classical tournaments now for already few months yeah so Hopefully it will come back again, but uh, for now, yeah, situation is as we all of us we don't know what's going to be in one month. Yeah, where we are going to be? Are we going to travel? And what? Uh, yeah, it's it's a, a bit strange situation. There are some online chess tournaments, but now okay, uh, difficult to predict anything. Uh, also, the development of chess engines. Mm-hmm. So. Anyway, Vladimir, thank you so much for your time today. I really, really enjoyed the conversation. And uh, where can people actually follow you? Are you on social media? No, I'm not on social media oh, at fantastic. all. Yeah, then, uh, uh, they can I'm, ask me uh, questions yeah. that they want to know yes, of you. Yes. No, I'll, I mean, I'll I have nothing against it, but it's very time-consuming social media. Okay. So I don't have, I mean, I have family, two kids, many things, projects in chess, not, in, I mean, outside of chess. So somehow feel like I don't have time now for social media. Maybe later we'll do. But uh, anyway, thank you for inviting me. I don't know, of course, it's not uh, chess and poker, it's not exactly the same thing, but I'm sure there are certain parallels. Unfortunately, I don't know that much about poker to, to um, you know, build these bridges myself. But uh, hopefully for any poker player or other professional in other area maybe there will be certain ideas at least a couple of ideas which he or she would find uh, interesting and educational and maybe it would enrich their you know level in in whatever they do and that would be already uh, you know uh, very good uh, i would be very happy if, if this would happen uh, so Yes, uh, thank you. It was uh, very interesting to talk to you. And uh, all the best, all the best. And uh, if you have some more questions, please don't hesitate to ask. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Vladimir. And I'm sure that people will find it useful. Uh, From poker, there are so many parallels. There are so many lessons to be drawn from what you said. Uh, Yeah, but don't forget one very important wisdom. I mean... Always, your your decision is final. Yeah, you have to always adjust everything to yourself. Yes, yeah? so don't listen to me, you know, too much. I mean, uh, of course, listen, uh, but uh, finally, you you are the one who, who know yourself better. You are the one who decides what is better for you. So, uh, so take my words, uh, all all what I've was been has been saying here as a 
kind of interesting proposals, but nothing more than that. Not like a, a ultimate wi- wisdom, yeah. because uh, I'm just uh, just as 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 you. I'm just trying to find my ways in different periods of time. Try to to think, to analyze, and to find the best things to do for me. And uh, as all of you also failing from time to time. So, mm. uh, but hopefully it would be it will be a good. Uh, maybe uh, food for thought. I would say that's mm-hmm. that's all I wanted today. Is just to give you some uh, decent quality food for thought. Uh, but the thought is your own thought is still the most important. Well, fantastic! Thank uh, you. All the best. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to get a regular email from me personally where I share my key takeaways from each latest episode, go to runchexpodcast.com and subscribe to my newsletter. And of course, I would really appreciate if you subscribe to my channel on YouTube and rate my podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or any other platform where you normally listen to your podcasts. This really helps.